This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. They got me. Twitter finally got me. I was out. I was doing work. I came back home and I looked on my computer screen and there was a thing because I had Twitter open. And it said, you you are being locked out of your account unless you delete the following tweet. This is why, let me tell you why this is crazy. I was calling out grooming. And I don't not like willy-nilly just call people groomers like some people have been doing. So there's one story where, uh, well, let me pause a second. We know that Twitter and Reddit have announced they'll ban the term groomer because they say that word applies to all LGBTQ people, which I have certainly argued against quite a bit. And so I had a tweet. That was specifically showing a group of adults showing sexual content to children. And I said, yes, they are grooming your kids. Twitter said I had to delete it. Now, I don't care about Twitter. Like, I really don't. And I, I mentioned this before about Jordan Peterson when he gets suspended. I was like, just delete it and then start smacking, smack talking Twitter like crazy. And so, I mean, that's my attitude. Now I'll do a show talking about it. I will use the Twitter platform to ripple out the issue as much as I can. And then uh, the post-millennial wrote, Tim Pool goes to war with Twitter. Because I started I started pulling up as many stories as I could about Twitter having defended pedophiles. Mm-hmm. Numerous instances mm-hmm. where they have done things, have been called out for, had panic meetings, and they keep doing it. So when I actually call out grooming, legitimately, it wasn't like I was just arguing with some random person. No, I actually had a photo of people grooming children. They deleted that. I'm going to call them out. So we're going to talk all about that. We got a couple other stories. Obviously, Joe Biden, he's come out and said there won't be a recession. It's funny because they changed the definition of recession. Then Biden says there won't be one, which kind of means there probably will be one. So we've got that and we've got we got a bunch of other stories. I don't know, whatever. I'm I'm all riled up about the, the, the Twitter locking my account thing. And so we'll get into all that. Before we get started, though, we have an awesome sponsor. It's you. You guys, you're sponsoring us. Go to TimCast.com. We've got two things to shout out. The House of Seven Ghosts, part two, Tales from the Inverted World. If you like true crime, paranormal, history, murder mystery stuff, you will like Tales from the Inverted World. These are like hour-long episodes, and we're putting up this full season on TimCast.com, exclusive for members. And we also have, for those that are more politically minded, behind the scenes in the green room with Carrie Lake. Carrie is amazing. I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm so excited when she, when she says she's coming out and coming on the show. And we had a, a special green room episode with her. That's up at timcast.com right now on the front page, members only. Really cool behind the scenes footage. Of course, we're also launching the Cast Castle show really soon, which is like a vamped up, ex- expanded uh, mo- uh, version of the show. And no more PayPal. If you are a member through PayPal, you're fine. You're not going to do anything. But anybody who signs up now will be supporting Parallel Economy, which was co-founded by Dan Bongino, is also partly owned by Rumble. And it is censorship resistant payment processing. The reason why I got on board with them, for one, I don't want to be censored. And two, I want to put my money where my mouth is. And I would ask you all to do the same. Stop giving your money to people who hate you. Supporting us also supports Rumble because we use Rumble infrastructure. It supports Parallel Economy. And that means if more and more businesses start using Parallel Economy and more and more customers are processing transactions through Parallel Economy then we can knock down PayPal and his other big tech Silicon Valley weirdo cult people and uh, maybe start pushing back against the censorship. And I also have another really quick announcement. 
Shout out to everybody who helped made it possible. We got massive 96 foot billboards in Times Square, ranging from the totally legitimate to the totally absurd. You can see here, it says Timcast IRL, here's the quote on it, is the best podcast I, a 25 to 54 year old male have ever listened to with a quote from Reactor, YouTube star, who was, of course, my brother plays a fictional character. And then we got Luke Rydkowski, of course, on the other side, parallel, 20 ad sets, 96 feet tall, sending a message. And that message includes a 96 foot tall advertisement of my ca- rooster, my rooster, a very large ad of my rooster. Uh, and so I can tell everybody that I bought an ad in Times Square with a massive picture of my ca- a rooster, uh, Roberto Jr., and, uh, uh, yeah. And, and then we also have this funny quote, uh, the best podcast in culture and news. Everybody agrees. At least that's what I was told from me. And I, I gotta be honest. I was worried about, you know, people were like, Hey, but if you do stuff like that, it's gotta be a real quote. And I was like, I just said it. And like, yeah, but you're act- I was actually told this to be completely honest. I was actually told that, uh, everybody thinks it's the best. And so I said, we're going to run with it. So anyway, with all that being said, I'm really grateful to have a massive 96 foot, uh, billboard in Times Square of my rooster. And uh, joining us today to talk about that and more is the wonderful Zuby. What's up, guys? Happy to be back. Thank you for inviting me once again. Absolutely. Let's who are it. you, man, for, for people who may not be familiar? Yeah, sure. My name is Zuby. I'm an independent rapper, author, host of the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. I also do coaching and public speaking. A lot of people know me for different things. Um, people know me for breaking the British women's deadlift record huh. several years ago. Uh, featured on a lot of great and wonderful podcasts, including this one right here. And, uh, yeah, all around someone who tries to uplift people positively, who does my best to seek the truth and speak the truth and keep it real and authentic. And a lot of people love me for that. And some don't. Right on, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we also have Mary Morgan of pop culture crisis hanging out. Well, hello. No, Mary, it's scary. So I'm back. I co-host Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube. (laughs) We talk about movies, celebrities, all the entertainment news over there. It's more lighthearted content than IRL, I would say. So go over there and subscribe. We also, so in all seriousness, when people are like, why did you put a rooster on this billboard? It's actually a massive ad set for all of the website, which includes Mary. She's got a 96-foot billboard of herself in Times Square right now. Yeah. I kind of wish I had laser eyes in it. Laser eyes. Yeah. Oh, maybe the next we one. could have done that. We can switch it around. I don't know. We can. Well, it's a video. We can make it so that your eyes start glowing. We can just we just send we, them the we file and we'll do it. Made one. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'll send, I'll send it to I was just like, can we do that though? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, all right. Well, we'll we'll get that done. We got we got Ian. Hi everyone. Ian Crossland here. IanCrossland.net. Zuby, you got a book? That's hot. Yeah, man. I got two books. My children's right. book, The Candy Calamity, just came out beginning of this month with Brave Books. You can check that out at candycalamity.com or bravebooks.com. And of course, my previous book, Strong Advice, is available at teamzuby.com. So yeah, man, I had the uh, first fitness book for the grownups and now one for the now one for the youth. All right. I'm going to ask you a little bit about it later in the show. Yeah, man. would love to talk about Heck it. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was enjoying reading that kid's book, so hopefully we can talk more about it later. Thank Sweet. you guys for joining. All right, here's the first story from the post-millennial writing about me. Very quickly. So I thought it was really funny because we were pulling up stories, and I'm like, what's the biggest news of the day? Is it the the recession that we are in that Biden's (laughs) denying? And then Lydia pulls up, breaking, breaking news. news. (laughs) Tim Pool goes to war with Twitter over groomer controversy. Journalist Tim Pool went to war with Twitter on Monday after the social media platform locked him out of his account for criticizing groomers. (laughs) And I I just went off. I pulled up a whole bunch of stories about Twitter protecting pedophiles, like... 
not, not hard. E- they also blocked me from posting ads. I got two emails. One said your account is locked, and the other says you are now ineligible to post advertisements on Twitter. Did you ever? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I ran. I did an ad run for the song we did, "Will of the People." Oh, got yeah. like three million views. Well, and okay. Like I was like, wow, that's actually better than YouTube. So, hey, maybe Twitter's a good medium for putting this stuff. Not anymore, apparently. They said you're blocked forever. Mm-hmm. They was- just said my account is now ineligible to run ads. Oh, okay. All because I had a tweet. I can't even pull it up. They make you delete it. There was an image I saw. And it showed adult men showing sexual things to children. Wow. Overtly. It, it, this, was, this was not an issue of like a dude reading a book. Yeah. This was an issue of, I think it was like a dude reading a book pointing to sexual things or something okay. like that. I, can't, I, I honestly can't remember. But like, you guys know me. People are like, Tim's a fence sitter. Why would he do something like this? There are people on Twitter who will just call out overtly anyone as a groomer. Mm. Mine was like, I was making a literal point. They're like, hey, look at this. This is not... Just some dude reading a book. This is overt grooming of children. They locked me out and told me I had to delete it. Wow. So I don't, I don't think Twitter matters all that much. To be honest, the, the amount of people who saw that tweet is in the few thousand. It's like tens of thousands. And I was like, who cares? Like, wh- what's the impact on society going to be if a bunch of people like me on Twitter see this thing? I don't care. Uh, but what do I, what do I do on Twitter? I, I, you know, ish post and I make the blue checky journalists freak out when I post nonsense. That's more valuable. So the only people who actually see stuff on Twitter are journalists and I guess other commentators. So there's no real public value to it. So I just deleted it. But here's ultimately where we get to. I'll read you a few of these stories. EV Magazine. Twitter is a breeding ground for the normalization of pedophilia. Daily Dot. Twitter accused of letting pedophiles discuss their sexual attraction to children. AP. Twitter is not placing sex offender notices on sex offender accounts. Wow. The next web. Twitter lets pedophiles publicly discuss their attraction to minors, scholar argues. And then I said, Twitter actively protects and supports pedophilia. This is, it's just overt and outright right now. Yeah. And the, the dude, the fact that they suspended your account for what you did is literally that, right? I mean, they're more upset of, about you saying, hey, look at what these people are doing than the fact that people are doing that. So they are directly protecting these individuals. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Yep. So. That's right. Yeah. I get the vibe that when you're in, in a culture war or any conflict, really, if you establish vulnerability in your foe, you don't want to have fun with it because then that gives them a time to build up a defense mechanism towards it. So like this groomer narrative, it's very effective because people have been grooming children sexually. We see it on, you know, in videos and crazy stuff. But if people just start LOL, groomer, 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 you start to see other people establish uh, an immune response. And Mm -hmm. that's what the Twitter admins have done by saying you can't even call people groomers. Groomer is a neutral term. Parents groom children to be great people. 
some people like grooming is just getting someone ready to become something. And uh, I think it's insane that it's taken that, that people have forced it to become this negative connotation. When we should really be focusing on the behavior and not what, we, what it's called. They decided that an actual word to describe a, a, a behavior is a slur. Imagine if someone like uh, skateboarded and then you're like, that's a skateboarder right there. And then the skateboarder was like, hey, man, don't call me that. And then Twitter was like, we're going to ban you if you call them skateboarders. It's like they're literally doing it. Like, Have you gotten a, a temporary suspension before? Nope. This is the first in the history oh, wow. of my Twitter career to wow. ever. It's almost over. It's Your almost Twitter over career already. is almost over. Hey, man, it's been a big it's been a long run. It's been uh, 13, <laughs> 13 years. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on 13 as well. 13 2009 years. gay. That's right. Yeah, yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. But, you know, there was a period where I took it seriously. And I would use Twitter to report the news and post stories. Now, I post a picture of a 96-foot-tall rooster that I got in Times Square. <laughs> Big, beautiful rooster. But with, with that said, I mean, of course, though, I mean, you, you've, you've built a phenomenal platform outside of it, which 99.9% .9 of people don't have. So in your case, I mean, if you didn't use Twitter again, like at this stage— you're you're good to go. No, but the but, truth is, I learned this the hard way. Okay, um, Twitter was always a big mistake. How so? When I got started doing news and commentary, I was like, "Wow, Twitter is this great place." I should have been on YouTube from the beginning. Mm. I should have started making YouTube videos instead. I was posting on Twitter because I was convinced that people responding and tweeting was legitimate conversation. And then it was only like two years later, I was like, I should have started a YouTube channel, and I started a YouTube channel, mm -hmm. and then I started building that up, and you can see. Here's the thing with Twitter, nobody ever walks up to me on the street and goes, "You're that guy from Twitter." Happens to me every day. Does it really? Yep. You, you for real? <laughs> yeah, yeah not for me. Not for me. Yeah, yeah. I've had one. It was yeah. after Ferguson. Some guy, some guy, like actually my neighbor was like, "Hey, man, I saw you on Twitter." Mm. But since then, it's always YouTube. It's always podcasts. It's always someone else's show. And when I worked for these big media companies, they would outright tell you this: Twitter does not drive traffic, so we don't use it. And I was like, what do you mean? I was all like, no, of course it does. Like everybody's using Twitter. And they were like, bro. And they showed me the metrics. Mm. And Twitter would drive like a tweet would get like 0 0.01 clicks or something just like out of the out of the. the, the so interesting. Maybe my analytics are like super mega high. Cause, the difference yeah. is if you're using Twitter on Twitter, yeah. that makes sense. If you're building a company and trying to use Twitter as like an external tool, it does nothing for you. So being on Twitter Okay, not this is not the case for me at all. Wow. Yeah, this is not the case. That's for me surprising at all. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, well, I'm way, go. I'm way bigger on Twitter than I am on YouTube, and I, I put more, I spend more time on it as well. Like I have a YouTube channel and Instagram and Facebook, um, <clears throat> but twi Twitter's the Twitter's the biggest, and Twitter does the most for but my actual business as well. How does Twitter generate revenue for you I more sell, than YouTube can? I've sold tens of thousands of things on Twitter. Wow. Merchandise, books. Well, you mean coaching, promoting them clients. on Twitter? Not you're not directly selling them on Twitter. You're promoting. Yeah, there's. Them I mean, there's a link. There, there, there's there's a link, but people are coming from Twitter. Here's the question. Tw tw Twitter's the biggest sales platform for my book, for example. Here's the question, though. Yeah. Would you be bigger on YouTube on a, on any other platform? Um. Well, I use Instagram. I do use YouTube. I do use Facebook. I use them all. Do you have your own website? Yeah. Oh, that's What's that's the, interesting. Yeah. To me. So maybe, maybe I'm an anomaly. Um, Teamzubi.com. That's where I sell my, my my book, my music, my merchandise. But yeah, for me, Twitter is the big, biggest traffic driver. Do you do wow. videos on Twitter? Yeah, sometimes. Well, I will say this. For me, uh, the old, <laughs> there's only one thing I care about Twitter for, and it's that 
the, the, my following list. Yeah. I follow left wing, left wing, right wing journalists and news organizations. And it's just a really easy way to get a news list. Mm. That's the only thing I care about. So yeah. that's why I'm usually posting nonsense. The thing with social media is di- different things are good for different people. Like I know people who in- Instagram is their, that's their generator. Like they get their clients, their sales, their money, like they get their money from Instagram. I know people where it's Facebook. I know people it's Twitter. I know people it's YouTube. Um, so I, I think maybe it just, I think it just varies from individual to individual. And I think it's also what you like. Some yeah. people like doing YouTube and some people just like Twitter. Some people like Instagram. And I think if you like something, then you just go that much harder. Well, let, let's talk about the problem with Twitter and where it's going with yeah. this story is, uh, this is, this is part of, uh, um, whether it's intentional or not, I, it was explained to me by a former Trump administration official that what the big tech companies, Democrats, the Uniparty mm-hmm. and neocon types are trying to do is give anti-establishment people just enough voice mm-hmm. so there's no ruckus, but reduce their voice just enough so it's politically uh, neutered. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't have an impact mm-hmm. in the long term. So if you've got a fierce rivalry, rivalry between two factions and suspending one would, would result in an explosion of rage, mm-hmm. you do is you suspend 1%. Now it's a lopsided battle. Mm-hmm. The left gets a major advantage against the right, and the right slowly loses out. So when you do something like this, telling someone like me, I can't say a groomer, to someone literally showing kids, you know, adult materials, that's, that's, that is a big move, a big line jump. Mm-hmm. So now on Twitter, me getting hit, me talking about it, how many people do you think are going to fall in line and go, oh? Yeah, it's got a chilling effect. It's the same thing they did over the past two and a half years. They did it during the Trump era and so on. It's creating that chill. And um, w- one of the biggest issues that we have right now in Western society, and it's across the USA, it's in the UK, it's in Canada, it's everywhere, is just this climate of fear. Like the, the level of self-censorship that is now happening. I mean, we can sit here and we we can you know, talk, talk openly and we're all open to sharing our opinions, but the sheer number of people, hundreds of millions of people who are just scared to say what they think, whether they go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just, just the, the sheer number of people who are just absolutely terrified to say what they think on so many various issues from politics to social stuff, to culture stuff, to the entire pandemic situation. And it, it's it's concerning. It's really concerning, especially because these are places where you're supposed to have free speech. And if you cannot actually exercise your freedom of speech, then do you really have it? Well, of course not. And so people seem to think that uh, – well, let me put it this way. We have the After Hours Uncensored show over at TimCast.com. Sign up. We're going to have one of, one of those up tonight at 11. And often – we, we do say things that are like, we have conversations that Twitter does, that, I'm sorry, that YouTube doesn't allow. Mm-hmm. So we talked with Marjorie Taylor Greene about the 2020 election and what the Republicans plan to do if, uh, or I should say when they win in November, presumably. And, uh, and we talked about that. I actually don't think that conversation would get banned on YouTube. I'm just not willing to entertain that. It's, it's an, it's, you know, because YouTube is, their rules are vague. There's, they're nebulous. So the issue is, of course, we don't want to be censored. Mm. We want to have the biggest conversations possible with the most people, and people need to hear these things. And so it's a question of if we have a hundred topics to talk about, are we forced to take one of those topics to the website? And that's the challenge. It's 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 not it's not an easy decision to make. A lot of people are like Tim, sacrifice the presence on YouTube, stop doing the show altogether to make yeah. a point. And I'm like, then how are we winning anything? Yeah, yeah. So that's the challenge. But here's what happens: people think that we censor ourselves on the show to a great degree. Not true at all. 
there are some things we will use innuendo for a dance around if it is like an overt, you know, like going to get us shut down. We don't call people slurs. We don't swear. I don't really have any, have any of that stuff to worry about. What you need to understand is that we say the things we believe in and the people who said the things they believe in got banned, right? So when people refer to me as like a milk toast fence sitter, which is like the long running joke, yes, understand that when they start banning me, that's where the line has moved to. That's how far we're getting. So it's not that I sit here and I'm like, I better not say these things. Oh no, I don't want to anger YouTube. Mm-hmm. Is that I'll outright say YouTube is dumb and says they'll shut the show down if we say that. So go watch it on my website. Let's build up a bigger website, challenge all of these systems. It's the best we can do. I will say the people who have opinions that are overtly banned, you're never going to hear from them again. They were banned on YouTube already. So the way I described it before is that you've got this big island and the, it's, it's, it's cliffs all around that are slowly being knocked down and eroded. Mm. And I've always been somewhat in the middle. But then you see people on the right, the cliffs erode and they fall down as censorship starts wiping them out. Those people held the line on their opinions. I didn't have to worry about it because I'm like, I'm not going to say the things those guys are saying. I don't agree with them. And now the cliffs have eroded to the point where we're standing there saying, hey, children shouldn't get sex changes. And they're like, oh, you better watch out. Yep. We're going to ban you if you say that again. Yep. And then it's going to come to a point where I'm like, well, I'm saying it. Screw you. And then they ban me. So this is a good example on Twitter. They said, you can't call people groomers. Fine, I'll call them pedophiles. And I'll post all the stories I can find where Twitter protected pedophiles because I got to wonder about the leadership at Twitter that's enforcing this stuff. Vijaya Gade? I mean, what's her predilection? What is she What is she thinking about? What is she interested in that she would come to them and say, I don't want anyone to call out pedophiles? It's like, I wonder why you would do that. It's really weird, isn't it? It's, re- it's really sinister because with stuff like stuff like this, it really should not be it shouldn't be partisan. It shouldn't be this. It's not it's not a political thing. This shouldn't be some left right issue, regardless of where you sit on the political spectrum during any remotely sane time or in any remotely sane country. Everyone agrees there are certain lines you do not cross when it comes to children. Not anymore. Yeah. And the the fact that this is even considered political or is becoming this guy, I'm like, dude, what is what what is going on? This is it's it's very worrying. It's so I don't think it's political so much as it is just them letting go of the pretense that they're a platform for free expression. Like these platforms like Twitter and YouTube used to really value appearing Mm -hmm. like they allow free expression but now they've kind of given up on that yeah for sure i'm I'm talking outside of facebook and twitter though i'm talking as a general society and a culture right so with, with these issues it's often framed as if this is you know you've got these 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 right wingers or these conservatives who have a problem with stuff like this and it's the cat's yeah. outside. <laughs> oh, okay. Marco wants to oh, let him in. Is interrupting us. Very and like, he you know, never does just, this. This is weird, yeah. Why does he want to come Aww. in? Here's I want to drink my water. I yeah. thought he wasn't allowed in here anymore. Okay. As long as you got your eyes on him. Has he, yeah. has he been grooming Get out there? Get up there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so what you were saying. He's been yeah. groomed. Oh, anyway. Yeah, I was, I was just saying that, it, that it's, it's nutty to me that Gosh. this has even become considered some kind of partisan split. And I think that there's this reactionary thing that does happen, though, where if there are... You know, if people on the on the left side of the aisle are doing something, then there's a reaction from certain people on the right to oppose it, regardless of what it is. And the opposite, I think now that people on conservatives are like, wait, hang on. Why are you teaching my my child about this nonsense? Why have you got grown men in women's outfits 
reading to children and exposing themselves or whatever. And there are there's a faction of people on the left side of the aisle who are like, oh, well, conservatives have an issue with this. So I now need to support it. I've got let, this. Let, let me, I just want to pull up this story. Sorry. Uh, this is from LGBTQ Nation. Explaining the issue, they say Twitter enforces its ban on calling people groomers as anti-LGBTQ hate speech. That's so wild. So this is this is like a cell phone. I mean, this is them calling themselves <laughs> groomers. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. The point I made when when they announced this, first of all, the tweet I put up, I put up before they banned the word groomer. So they're retroactively enforcing this now. Have they, have they officially put out a policy saying you cannot use this word? I don't know. I've not seen it. I've seen the stories about it. Okay. But here's here's my here's the thing I tweeted about. It. I said, there's a creepy guy staring at kids and licking his lips and say, hey, you you groomer, you get out of here. And then a bunch of LGBTQ people walk over and go, hey, why are you making fun of us? And I'm like, wait, what? That's what's really disturbing. I wasn't me. talking about you guys. People yeah. that groom children, like Hitler was a groomer. He groomed children to be in the Hitler youth. You know, um, it doesn't have anything to do with sexuality on its face. It's only when you can have people that are sexually grooming, but you mm-hmm. can have people that are grooming politically, grooming ideologically, and that it's getting com- the Twitter, the people at Twitter conflating it is very disturbing to me. Yeah. Well, that's their own. I don't know if that's a guilty conscience or if that's bigotry on their part. Because they're the ones conflaming, conflating LGBTQ, str- struggle with that acronym, um, with grooming. Yeah, but this is the point now. You can't call out actual pedophiles. They will suspend you. if yeah. you. So just call them pedophiles, I guess. They said the word groomer is a slur. It's like, I'm not trying to slur you. I'm trying to call you what you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not about insult. I'm, like, I'm not going like you're a dumb MFer. Like, that's, that's pointless. Now I really want to know what you were quote tweeting. I don't remember it. Um, I vaguely <laughs> like, remember, and I th- I'm pretty sure it was a picture of like a drag queen showing sexual stuff to children. Yeah. I mean, people will find any way to defend that. And I think if we're disagreeing who, on something that fundamental, like you can't yeah, show this type of thing to defen- children, we've got like that? spiritual problems dot? to address. A bunch of left-wing publications are overtly defending it. So let me explain, just for those that haven't heard it before, uh, what grooming is. And I'll preface it by saying, for those that are fans who watch all of the episodes, not every person watches every segment and every podcast we do. And so I often get the same questions over and over again. For example, a lot of people have said in the past like day or so, like, I'd sign up for your website if you didn't have PayPal. And I'm like, bro, we haven't had PayPal for like two weeks now. So uh, I'll, I'll say this. Grooming is when you take the most base form of, uh, uh, and we're talking about the sexual grooming of children, you take the most innocuous element of what you want to introduce to the kids so that no one can say it's overt. So for instance, I knew a guy who got groomed into being a, a male prostitute. Mm. And how they did it was they asked him to do a modeling shoot for $200. A legit true story. They said, the gig is we want, we're doing a lifestyle photo shoot. We want you to hang out and sit on this couch. Relax, have a drink. We'll take a few photos. Once we're done, 200 bucks cash. Mm. That's innocent, isn't it? It's just, he showed up wearing a hoodie and jeans and just took some photos. That was grooming. Why? It's the long-term intent. Mm -hmm. The next thing they did was they said, look, we already got tons of these lifestyle photos. We need like, we need um, like active wear and swim wear and stuff. Do you want to try wearing these shorts and a t-shirt? Oh yeah, no problem. Then they would say, sorry, man, if you want the money, we don't need photos of this anymore. We need, you know, underwear models. Mm -hmm. Now he's an underwear model. That was grooming. So what happens is you take someone who's doing something adult or sexualized, introducing it to children. So a drag performance. What is drag? So I was actually talking about this. We were talking about this earlier. Go-go dancing. 
Imagine if someone was like, go, go dancing, dancer story hour. You'd be like, what for kids? No way. Mm-hmm. They get like a woman with just like a, a, a bra and panties sitting there reading to kids. You'd be like, maybe not appropriate. Hooters, probably not appropriate for yeah. kids either. Drag actually involves them taking their clothes off for money. So when you're talking about a sexualized uh, performer, just reading a book to a kid, the reason that's grooming is the goal is to normalize the individual in drag to a child. Then when people say, hey, wait a minute, hold on, drag is sexualized, they say, all we're doing is reading books, like exactly what they're doing now. The difference is this is mass scale grooming. This is big tech and social media grooming and defending it. And I'll tell you what's really fascinating. There was a period on YouTube. There's a big scandal. Do you remember Elsagate? Do you know about that? Is this when people were like watching some video? Maybe I'm mixing it. I remember there was something on YouTube where people were watching. I don't know if it was like videos of kids doing stuff in like swimming pools. There, there was some. Was I can't. I can't explain it? it well. There was something there, so, on YouTube. Yeah. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. There was yeah. Something. You know Elsagate? I vaguely. Yeah. So Elsagate was when all of these channels started making videos of Elsa, the Joker, and Spider-Man running around, and the Incredible Hulk. Okay. And they were uh, there was like no dialogue, and it was because little kids, their parents would turn the video mm-hmm. on, and then it would just generate a ton of ad revenue for the person. So all of a sudden, people started making these videos because it made money, and it was getting increasingly creepy. Eventually, it ended with uh, Elsagate got to the point where Elsa was pregnant, and the Joker was injecting her with things. No joke. Okay. This turned into videos where people literally were giving children shots because it was generating clicks for whatever reason the algorithm that was promoting it. And then when the, when the people, when people realized they could use an AI to auto generate these videos, you ended up with videos of toddlers drinking urine and other overtly. So this was a huge scandal where content for children was showing gore, violence, and overtly sexual activities. YouTube panicked and had to start purging these channels and these videos to get rid of all of it. So now the clever thing happened among the groomers. They said, so long as you're doing these things overtly, they'll shut you down. What you need is a shield. So we started to see the LGBTP movement when Mm. pedophiles started saying LGBTP. We then saw a TED talk from a woman who claimed that pedos were just expressing a natural orientation. Mm -hmm. Then we saw USA Today write a similar article. Then we saw, I think it was, maybe it was Salon and a bunch of magazines. It was Salon. It was Salon. New York Times, I think, did it. Where they started saying, hey, hey, it's just an orientation. Yep. Trying to normalize They're maps. Minor attracted people. Right. And then maps popped up on Twitter. Yeah. Twitter allows that overtly. People called them out. Twitter doesn't care. They yeah. still allow it. Now, Twitter will actively ban you if you call out the pedophiles going after it, children. Not only that, there's like a huge amount of not safe for work content on Twitter. I understand that that's part of their TOS that they allow that. But they also have a lot of accounts that openly say in their bio that they are underage or, or their age um, is like yeah. as low as like 13, like 12, 13, 14 year olds having like these not safe for work accounts mm. on yeah. Twitter. It's freaking And they weird. allow it. There's another, there's, there's another big issue that's happening too with um, the VR chat stuff mm-hmm. where 13 year olds will be in these VR chat rooms with grown adults and the adults mm. can, it, it's unsupervised. Yeah. I mean, this is getting out of control, man. Yeah, this is crazy. I mean, this leads to a wider conversation just about some of the some of the some of the challenges with with technology just in general. I think I think people often forget just how new this all is, mm-hmm. that the smartphone and social media combo we've only had for 15 years. We've had the Internet for longer than that. But 
with all the greatness and wonderful opportunities it brings for decent people and entrepreneurs and creatives and so on, it also opens up this Pandora's box of just completely new, like what you described with that Elsagate thing. Yeah. I mean, that bizarre. just, yeah, yeah, it's so bizarre and weird. It's not something you'd think of when you're starting YouTube. You're not there thinking like, oh, okay, this is something we need to be careful of. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It wasn't just videos of people either. There were like animated cartoons that were made by AIs that so just weird. generated whatever got the most clicks and then that ended up of course being like the most effed up. Yeah, like like I didn't like like, like, like I didn't even drinking like, yeah, like yeah, sexual stuff, violent stuff. Yeah, like I'm pretty into technology and I did not know that such an AI even exists that you can create automated animated videos. Yeah, w- using like characters from things. Disney and stuff so they know that kids so are going to click on it. Yeah, it's scary. And then well, you it, bring it, in VR. Oh, boy. It, it wasn't about clicking on it. What happens is... Or autoplay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, give, yeah. So parents would give their toddlers or babies mm-hmm. a tablet yep. oh, and then turn on nursery rhymes. Mm-hmm. And then the algorithm would just bring those kids down a rabbit hole. Yo, those kids are going to grow up and be twisted so in the, that. What, so the parents just like come into the room and they just see their child watching some wild stuff. All the comments were were gibberish because the babies were just hitting the thing randomly. A lot of people thought that some of those gibberish comments were uh, speaking in some kind of code that was like coordinating <laughs> human trafficking. I don't know about that. Maybe. Honestly, the, 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 these things like, that's the one line for me where, I mean, I mean, I think any any adult should be like this, but when it comes to people who's messing with kids in general, that's just where like, Dude, uh, we, like, we it, it's been said uh, numerous times. Like, why times. is that partisan? Uh, you know, you think about that. Like, it, it, it shouldn't be. It should be instinctual. That's when. But like, it's becoming I feel, partisan. Have you noticed that many of these 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 people, these leftists, use cartoon child avatars? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had a bunch of them after after me today. In fact, they 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 don't make like they don't they don't view themselves as adults. I mean, think about the word adulting. Yeah, to Im- to imply that you're doing something not normal. Yo, the word adulting implies like the actual word means doing normal things humans do. Yeah. They're like, I'm adulting. What is what? children <laughs> it's just are extended adolescence. Yes. Right. And so now you've got people who go on Twitter and they post these pictures of themselves, these fictionalized versions. It was a really funny meme a while ago from uh, a particular feminist podcast. And they made this graphic of themselves and they were all like dainty young looking women. 
And then <laughs> someone made a realistic version of what they actually looked like, like double chin and, and mm. obese and things like that. People use the internet to, to project what they wish they were. The crazy thing is, and you probably know this better than anybody, Zuby, people could just be what they, what they want to be by, through hard work, right? If you yeah. want to be thin and small, you just do it. Not everybody can be a giraffe, though. And some people want to be a giraffe. And so I don't have to tell you, man, just pray the Matrix and Neuralink can take you into that reality where you can be a giraffe. But for the time being, yeah. Do Yeah. Do you think that maybe some people have this kind of Michael Jackson syndrome where, like, in their childhood, perhaps they didn't get to play outside and have toys and do all the things that they kind of wanted to? And now, as an adult, they're... Uh, trying to I, I, play yeah, this now. With, uh, well, Adderall. I don't know. It's just an idea. I don't, Adderall I don't, is I don't, messing kids' childhoods up. They're not. I, they're not being able to enjoy them properly. I think that's definitely screwing kids up and mm-hmm. every all the all the drugs. But I think what's happening is the internet and media has created these parallel realities that children live in. So I often think about you know how is it that somebody wants to dress up like a cartoon rabbit? Yeah. You know, like the like the like furries. The furries like, is freaking what, weird, man. What? I, I, hey, look. Do do what you want to do. I got no beef. No, it's I'm not just, beef, but it's freaking but, weird. But, but, like we but, can we can say stuff is weird. I'm not saying it should be illegal. It's just weird. I, I'm just wondering where it comes from. Yeah. How is it that someone identifies as a cartoon animal? So the first thing that happened was when I first heard about furries, I, someone told me it's people who just dress up like animals. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I guess people want to be animals. And then I actually saw what they were doing. And I'm like, no, those are Looney Tunes. <laughs> They're dressing up like Bugs Bunny with big eyes and cartoon faces. So what I think happened was People grew up watching anthropomorphized animals and a a child's brain is trying to connect itself to reality. So in early human development, human tribes, the baby watches the adults do adult stuff Mm -hmm. and then says, this is what I should be doing. And then wires itself to identify alongside what their adults are. The man is chopping wood. The woman is, you know, raising the kids and and gathering. The, The men come back with the bears and the boars and the meat. Then you do the modern era where kids are now put in front of the car, of the TV where they watch nothing but Looney Tunes. Their brain says, this is adult life. These are what human adults do. And so their brain creates an identity around anthropomorphized cartoon animals. Then when they're older, they want to be that. I think this is why we're seeing the explosion of identity crisis from, uh, you, you guys know what other kin is? Yeah. Yes, I do. People, Unfortunately. <laughs> people think they're like, I'm, I'm an owl wolf. Yeah. Why? No, 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 for real, like legitimate question, like where does that identity crisis come from, come from? But, but isn't it, the, but we've had anthropomorphized. That's one word I always struggle to get Anthropomorphism. Out. Anthropomorphism. Yeah. We've, we've had that for, that's existed for a, for a long time though. Yeah. We, we Native have, American culture. People no, would become wrong. wolves and things like that. Not the way I mean, and, wrong. And, and also, it now. Uh, probably didn't, not. didn't we all also grow up with this and none of us are? Not so. So for one, no, we didn't always have this. Okay. We had the concept of humanized or anthropomorphized animals in like written lit- literature told to you in a story from a person's mm-hmm. mouth. Like ancient but, Egypt. But we, had the, but we had the cartoons. I mean, Looney Tunes and all the Disney stuff. So perhaps the issue is one, some people are more susceptible. And two, maybe some of these people were placed in front of these shows for extended periods of time and their parents were less attentive. On like a mood stabilizer. A lot Perhaps. of it's pharmaceutical. Perhaps. And then kids are seeing porn. Average age is 11 that kids are being exposed to porn. So groomers. That, that's, that's another tech thing, isn't it? Groomers. I mean, that's another tech. That's another te- technology problem, man. I mean. It's all a tech problem. Yeah. I mean. Well, t- hold on. T- 20 years ago. I mean, if, if you wanted to, if you wanted to access porn as a, a horny little 12 year old or 13 year old, you could do it, but there were, the barrier was a lot higher. You'd have to get an older person to go in and buy a magazine off the top shelf or someone has to, oh, someone's got a little DVD or something like that. 
not just you tap a site on a on a phone or a tablet or a computer and just boom, no verification, nothing. It's just there. Bill Maher asked the question. He said, "Why?" He said, "Either we're creating them, or we're, sh- or we're, we're what do you say, creating them or shaming them? Mm. Why is it that California has so many trans kids, Ohio doesn't? There's clearly that something affects the identity of a young person as they're growing up. It's the, it's the parents. It's the parents putting. It I think it's. It. I think it's everything. It's parent. It's parents and and society of social media is affected. Some of these teachers obviously are doing this, um, but a lot of parents are. It to me, it's like having a, a vegan cat. Right. If you right. got a, if you got a vegan cat, it's it's not the cat making the decisions. The cat will die. Yeah, cats it, can't be vegan. Well, it's not the cat making the decisions. It's like no, you you you're pushing your ideology onto your cat. If you have a trans three year old, and I feel gross even saying that, then that is the parents doing that. Well, well, now you've got scientific journals saying kids can Dude. be trans at two. This stuff is evil, man. And I, I, there's something really satanic going on in the West right now, man. Like I can't really put it any. Lighter. Why do you say I, satanic? I say satanic because I genuinely think there are evil forces out there, and I'm talking about actual spiritual realm. Oh, okay. um, and to someone who is a absolute atheist, a non-believer, or thinks nothing is supernatural, that might sound weird to them. But I think that we've legit got like a demonic issue. And it makes Maybe. sense that the they would go world. for children first. Yeah, I, I think th- there's an entire inversion agenda that's been running like very aggressively for the past I mean, several I th- years. I, I think there's a practical uh, reason for a lot of this. We've talked about Thucydides' trap on the show quite a bit. Are you mm. familiar with the concept? I'm not. No, explain it. Whenever a rising economic power is on the verge of supplanting the dominant power, war breaks out. Okay. I say whenever, but it's, it's a tendency towards. So uh, historians often say... The, the last uh, 16 examples of uh, an economic power supplant, uh, supplanting the, 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 the greater, mm-hmm. 12 instances were led, led, led to war. So the idea is, why is it that, I don't know, Joe Biden is doing these deals and flying to China and working these deals with China? China is expected to overtake the United States very soon. Yeah. It was delayed because of COVID. Interesting. Interesting about that. It was delayed because of COVID. And you mean the overtake, the overtake China. Uh, I'm sorry. Actually, it might have been sped up. by. Oh, I thought it would have been sped up. I think China it, continued to grow. Right. In the US. I think it was sped yeah. up by it. But um, think about what this means. The U.S. is eroding from within. You've got the January 6th committee, for instance, actively trying. So Eric Swalwell was asked about this. He was asked about, you know, isn't what he do isn't what he's doing causing more division? And he and he said something that was like just inane, like, well, we have to do it or something like that. So, yeah, when they lie and escalate, Justice Millett, Russiagate, Ukraine Gate, all of that stuff, just lie, 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 lie. They are inflaming tensions when they go after kids and divert them or, or I'd say subvert their, their development mm-hmm. and then cause identity crises, give them drugs destroying the next generation is yeah. going to cripple the United States. And I have to wonder, not saying it's intentional, but it is fortuitous to, uh, for those who fear Thucydides' trap because the U.S. is falling as fast as China is rising. China may actually take over the world, uh, the global economy without the U.S. ever having an opportunity to engage in war. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the Council on Foreign Relations, I think it was, they, they, they have on their website, the liberal world order and why it was created. Anybody who's arguing for the creation of a new world order in the wake of the liberal world order, and I don't mean the new world order conspiracy, I mean the, quite, the, the, the literal term, a world order and a new version of it, mm-hmm. it would be beneficial to avoid a third world war with China. How would you do that? 
destroying the economy of the United States and the upcoming generation to make to make sure that they can't ever actually engage in conflict. There's a story I saw recently where there was like a destroyer that had like three captains rotate in and out so quickly because they were being fired and demoted. The U.S. military can't recruit at all anymore. So, so where is this coming from? No idea. But I will. Is this s- internal? Is this external manipulation? Both, Both maybe. I, that, that's the thing I find so weird. It's like this social and cultural domestic Harry Curie, right? Like that. It, it, it's so odd to me. I mean, the UK is doing the same things. Many Western countries are. I think the US is kind of sadly leading the charge in this and exporting a lot of bad ideas. But there's really a, a lot of people have noticed that in the past, I want to say seven to eight years in particular. <clears throat> A lot of this is re- the inversion has really, really accelerated. And so much of the stuff that we talk about and all of the so many of these issues are things that it, w- it would literally as recently as a decade ago, it would have seemed completely absurd oh, for them to even down. be debates or conversations. And it, it, there's something real, really, really weird going on. I do want to point out just a quick shout out to uh, Joe Spinella on the, on the Super Chat who mentioned Shirley you haven't seen the tanks uh, protecting Chinese banks because uh, Chinese economy is like imploding. True, true point. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, China is coming out unscathed. It may be a global economic collapse. Mm. The whole system is just imploding for whatever reason. You, you saw with the Trans-Pacific Partnership in 2010, that was the first warning sign for me. Barack Obama signed on and it gave there's this thing called the uh, Investor State Dispute Settlement Clause in the Trans-Pacific Partnership deal that would have given Malaysian oil corporations the power to sue the United States government and the taxpayers would have to pay the bill if they thought that Americans were discriminating against their oil companies and didn't want to buy their oil, then they could sue us. And it was giving corporations insane power over American citizens. And Obama was on it. He like he didn't know or he didn't care. And Trump shut it Trump down. Trump shut it down like the right third away. day he was in office or yep. the second day he was in office. Mm. Um, but that they were trying to do that is very overtly transferring power from the citizen American democracy, Republicanism to corporatism. Yeah, dude, look at the last two and a half years. <clears throat> like, seriously? I mean, how have all these countries in a very coordinated fashion? I mean, it's one thing if one country goes nuts, but it's literally been UK, Canada, every country in Western look, Europe, hey, pretty much, except Sweden, well, USA, well, New Zealand. What, 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 what was it? Uh, World War One? You had the the three countries, they were cousins with each other. It was like France, who was it, Germany, and, and who else or something like that? Germany, Austria, I don't know. I don't else. remember. Um, but it was like these three leaders are going to war with each other were cousins. It's like they're all related to each other. Mm. That's just the, that I'm not surprised by any of that. Powerful. Yeah. Bur- I so, think we're witnessing a controlled demolition, man. You think they're intentionally destroying the economy and... Dude, everything that people are freaking out with right now with the economy, supply chains, inflation. I'm not saying you're wrong. It was all completely predictable and predicted by myself and other so-called conspiracy theorists like when all of this stuff started. It was very predictable and and very obvious. I got evidence for you. Okay. So uh, we'll we'll call it circumstantial evidence and we'll call it logic. Okay. So uh, Ukraine-Russia war, right? Mm -hmm. Invasion of Ukraine. Fertilizer from Russia not getting exported. U.S. is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Ukraine and Russia are neither are exporting enough wheat. They can't produce any. There's a war going on. They can't produce as much. Global famine. You've heard them talk about it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then why in Europe are they telling farmers in Ireland and the Netherlands to stop farming? And the U.K. And the U.K. Why are they telling these farmers in these countries, stop farming right now? Controlled demolition. 
But uh, hold on. The same people who are telling us that there is going to be a global famine are also telling their farmers to stop farming. Mm -hmm. That's very strange, isn't it? I mean, they're saying famine's coming. You better stop farming or else. It's like, okay, do you want people to like run out of food? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, the thing is, and and it's impossible to not be a quote unquote conspiracy theorist these days after the past several years. If you are just interested in thinking, but they, they've created this, right? If people who are in power or people in corporate media and so on, so-called public health officials and the, the experts, which we keep hearing about, if they refuse to be honest and they just continue to lie and to gaslight and to shift goalposts for years and years and years on end, like every, every single day, they're just lying to people, then naturally you are going to have people trying to work out, wait, what is going on? This narrative is not making sense. This is not logical. This is not rational. This is not based in science. It's not based in economics. Nothing. What What is going on? It makes people wonder. Can we stop it? I think people always ultimately have the power. We can resist the <clears throat> starvation by growing local food. Well, that's what I'm getting to. My question is, if if we are in a controlled demolition, do you think it's possible that people reverse course and yes. stop this? Yes, it's always possible. I, I, th- I don't think this is the first time being here in history. By voting for Trump is what you're saying. <laughs> Mega. <Wow. laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I don't think that this is the the first or even close to the worst thing that humanity has faced on any level. Um, I think it's important to always maintain a sense of gratitude and perspective both historically and, and geographically. And I think there's a lot of real stuff to be very, very concerned about. But in terms of my optimism, I mean, you look at history and man, there's countless examples of very, very dark times where I'm sure people in certain countries or across just thought, you know what, this is, this is a wrap. This is the end. Like this is a, a freaking, a freaking nightmare. And people have always come out on, on, on the end of it thus, thus far, right? Our species is still going. There's more of us than ever before. So I think one thing that people often forget, though, is that history is not finished, right? It Hist- never is. No, hist- we're, we're living through the history of the future, right? I'm sure if you go back to 1910s and you talk to people in Europe or in America or whatever, I'm pretty sure they thought that they were very advanced and they were past all the war and the chaos and the, the famine and the genocide. Like, well, you know, we're, we're cool. We're advanced. We're smart. We're moral. We're decent people. And then, boom, World War One, boom, World War Two, right? I that would not have been remotely predictable. Well, what's happening now? They say that there's a overpopulation, mm-hmm. climate change from too much pollution. Mm-hmm. I say, okay. They say we got to have late-term abortions. Mm-hmm. Then they got to. They say we also got to give drugs to children that will sterilize them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the end result of that is just the left. Conservatives aren't engaging in that for the most part. They'll be they'll be brought down by it to a certain degree, but not completely. And so I wonder about this. The end result. The strong survive. If there's an artificial flood or a natural flood, whatever you want to call it, some some emergency, be it an economic crisis, an environmental crisis, or a cultural crisis, in the end, the strong survive. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the adaptable that survive. The strong may starve. It's also the it's people. Who, it's the people who show up for it. The future will go to those who show up for it. So if I'm sitting here saying to everybody who's watching this show, and you are as well, like, mm. hey, it feels like there's a collapse happening, and it may be on purpose. The, the best case, uh, the best evidence, in my opinion, is that they're claiming a global famine is coming while telling farmers to stop farming. Mm. That's indicative of they're intentionally trying yeah. to starve well, people. It reminds me of well, the- so my point is, if you hear that, you had two years advance notice watching my show, if you haven't for that long, to, I don't know, move out of the cities, 
get some get get a small piece of land where you can grow enough food for your family or to buy emergency food and start preparing for what may be coming. Mm-hmm. But I'll stress it again. When the powers that be scream in your face for two years, a food shortage is coming. Then you actively see them shooting mm-hmm. a cop shot a live bullet at farmers because they want them to stop farming. It's like, OK, Was is that, that in the Netherlands, in the Netherlands, yeah. like they're willing to kill these farmers to shut down their protest. Yo, they are telling you they are not going to let you have food. I think Maybe you should plan for that. It may be like a misdirected intention. Like I keep thinking about Mao's Great Leap Forward and the communist Chinese revolution of what it was the 1960s. And he moved all these farmers off the farms and then gave like all these people from the cities. He moved them out to the farms. Like now you're in the farm, but they didn't know how to farm. So a bunch of people starved. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was intentional. I don't know. Stalin did the same. Yeah. You starve the, the resistance and then you have less resistance. So – if they think there's an overpopulation issue and they want a slower growth of population, what would be a good way to do that? Dude, Not a as, slower as, growth. As as they people... want a depletion of it. Well, and the people who are imposing this so-called controlled demolition are certainly going to survive the famine, civil unrest, whatever happens. And then the so-called like strong of, you know, the maybe people. people watching this show who do what the things that you just listed are also going to survive it, then what happens? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. MAGA people are the future? Is that it? I, I don't I don't think anyone's well, overtly well, here's, said here's, they want less people. Yes. People keep saying they want less people. Of course they wouldn't overtly say that. That's not true. That. Bill Gates no, wrote no, an article about yeah, it saying say that. that there is way too many poor people being born in Africa, and that's what we got to stop. There's a we, lot we of anti- slow down There's the a birth. lot but, of but, antinatalism, and it's it's not new. Antinatalism has been running for decades. But I'll, to your to your point, if we're talking, your point about the strong surviving, when there's no food, it's the people in cities who suffer. Mm-hmm. The people who live out mm-hmm. in the countryside, like yo, you drive up the mountain, everyone has chickens. Like to them, it's and, and people who are listening to this who live in the country know exactly what this is better than I do because they've been doing it their whole lives. It's like you wake up in the morning, get eggs from the chicken. It's no big deal. Growing up in the city, you go to the supermarket to get your bleached eggs. Mm. Now, if there's a food shortage, the people who have their own chickens don't got to worry about it. Y'all, you're going to be eating cockroaches and bugs and crickets. I got like 30, 40 chickens out there. Oh, you'll be. Eating oh, they're, oh, they're, oh, they're pushing the insects hard. They they're, they're, no, they've been no, pushing that no, one no, no. The chickens are going to eat the crickets and I'm going to eat the That's chickens. That's the way to go. But chickens <laughs> smell and they, they pollute the environment. So you, not everyone can have them, unfortunately. No, no. Chickens, when they poop. We so uh, we don't do it properly because we are still living in this luxury. What you do is uh, uh, Thomas Massey, man, that guy's a genius. He has something called the Clux capacitor. It's wow. a solar capacitor that charges up and then releases a charge, pulling a chicken coop about an inch. So all day, 
the chicken's coop moves and the chickens poop in the grass. And he said, the trail of grass behind the chicken coop is lush and fertile (laughs) because the chickens are actively eating the bugs in the grass and then fertilizing the soil. So it's a perfect cycle. Brilliant. What you do when the chickens poop, we've got these big mounds because we did construction and it's crazy how big and tall the, the wild shrubbery and grasses have grown on it because it was just a huge pile of chicken it crap. It is impressive. <laughs> I, I looked up at it and saw it for the first time like, after what it, it happened. Was just a little, that was wild. Yeah, well, it was, it was two big mounds of chicken crap. And it's like, I think what happens is the nitrogen escaped from it and then it's fertile and then the plants just go nuts. I'm with you, Zuby. I, I think all you guys actually kind of been touching on this that, that, if they want a, a, a slower population growth or less people, one of the two, and they, they want less carbon in the atmosphere, that they want the, what we're running out of food, but they want the farmers to stop farming. It feels like they want to starve a segment of the population to propel. And, and these people that want it must be insulated from that in some way. I think it's because they know that not the entire globe can enjoy the first world luxuries that a lot of us enjoy. And now they their version of preparing for that prospect as the population grows is to, by any means necessary, deplete the population and then hoard the resources for themselves. And no one, I don't think anyone knew Stalin was trying to kill his population until after it happened or Mao until after it happened. Like, you don't know when it's coming. Otherwise, you stop it. You prevent it. Exactly. This is yeah, what people but, understand. But people also are really bad at stopping things. They're good at running. The and river hiding. flows in one direction. But really, again, um, I hate to keep referring back to the past two and a half years we've just lived through, but I can't think of a more blatant and in-your-face example well, of people not stopping things when there's a clear and simple opportunity. Because to. tribalism, I think people have a natural tendency towards resistance. We have sports because I, they want to fight against something. I think it's also just fear. With the Most last two years, there, there's such an easy way to it's resist. Easy. Yeah, and people and didn't do it. They well, still aren't doing Ian, it. Ian, Ian exactly. makes a good point, though. Uh, when I was younger, I used to complain that people cared about sports more than politics. Mm. And I didn't understand why we have these stories about, you know, Bush and you know, the invasion of Iraq and then you get Obama. And I'm like, I wish people cared more about this than, say, like the Packers or yeah. whatever. And now I'm understanding exactly why that's a why it was good that we had sports. People don't care or want to understand. They want tribal conflict. Mm. And so while they're saying, I choose, because no one forces you, forces you to do this. They say, I'd rather watch the, the baseball game and argue with my friends about who's better at baseball. And then I say, well, I care a whole lot about the conflict, so I'm going to pay attention to that. Mm. It actually works out really well that the people who aren't smart enough or don't want to engage in worldly affairs choose not to. So they're not voting for evil people or mm. being susceptible to demagogues. And, but once... Tribal, once pop, uh, politics became pop culture, now you have people being sucked into the demagoguery of the Democrats or, you know, they argue Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. But it's the Democrats that are funding Trump-supported candidates while claiming they're the apocalypse. So this is what the Democrats have done. They're, I saw this montage. It was horrifying where all of the cable news outlets are talking about the January 6th hearings as a season of shows with a season finale. They have made it entertainment yes. to escalate political conflict. To me, like you were saying, Zuby, it sounds like they're doing it on purpose yeah. to cause political conflict. I wrote for Newsweek when they when Raskin included me in his evidence that this is the goal, to drive a wedge, to create escalation. Let me let me jump let's jump to this next story. 
So we can call out Joe Biden. We got this from the Hill. Oh, boy. Biden says, quote, God willing, I don't think we're going to see a recession. Really? Y'all. God willing, I don't think. (laughs) I don't (laughs) think. (laughs) We'll just put dot, dot, dots after that. Joe, uh, so the Biden administration, it was Yellen, said, uh, well, they're all coming out and saying this. A recession is normally two consecutive periods with negative growth. Talking. However, that's not really what a recession is. So we're not really in a recession, even if that is the case. So Thursday, we're going to find out if it's an official recession, which we all know it is. And that's why they preempted this by saying, uh, despite the official definition of a recession, that's not a recession. And moving forward, we won't see one. Hmm. Okay. This is trying to reduce panic. This is just like at the beginning of COVID when they were telling us not to buy masks. Yeah. Two weeks like, to slow it's all it's all about lying because they don't believe in the goodwill of I people. yo, I I tell people listening this. We can do what we can do. We can speak up, mm-hmm. we can try and uh pr- provide information to people. We always gotta be calm, reasonable, and rational. And then when those people don't want to listen, there's only so much you can do. You can you can bring a horse to Harvard, but you can't make him learn. Mm-hmm. You, however, you can go to a store and buy beans that will last you for a few years. You can stock up on emergency water, emergency food. You can get out of cities. Now, some people tell me, yo, I can't afford to leave the city. Totally get it. Totally understand. It's not easy. I'm sorry. I don't have answers for everybody. I will tell you that there may come a time where things get so bad in cities. And I say may come a time. I don't know. Where you're like... It is preferable to just start walking, mm-hmm. to leave everything behind, strap on my shoes and walk out of that city. Mm-hmm. If say like the water system fails or something like that. I'm not saying it will. I'm saying for the time being, if you can't afford to leave the city, it basically means that the way you live in the city is a better standard for you than just being homeless and wandering through the woods. Mm-hmm. That I understand. Times may come though, so do what you can is my point. Yeah, guys, make sure you have passports. I know a lot of Americans don't have passports. So if you don't have a passport, please get one. But do you know why they don't? Because they never leave. But you know why they don't leave? It's a big country. It's a big and country. They never leave. The and United States is about as big as Europe is. And it's quite xenophobic. People are told, at least I was growing up, that the outside world's very dangerous. The outside yeah, world, I know. outside of the United States, you'll get, you might get attacked on the street. And, you know, there's some truth to it. You go to South America, the cops are bribed. You know, you got to be careful where you walk. The USA is more dangerous than a lot of countries. New York City's. It's a jungle. Yeah. So it's a mechanical jungle. It's, it's always funny because, like, you guys know I grew up in the Middle East. I grew up in Saudi Arabia. And it's very funny how people have this idea of, like, that being some super dangerous place. I'm like, bro, it's safer than literally everywhere in the USA. Let me let me let me tell you the problem with these big cities. Um, let's say you have a chicken and that chicken takes a dump right in the middle of your yard. You don't you don't think twice. You don't care. Yeah. The rain comes a day later. That poop is long gone. Mm-hmm. What happens if two uh, 20 tons of chicken crap plopped right in the middle of your yard? It's a lot of bacteria. That's yeah, I'm good. sorry. Rain's not going to wash that away. It's going to be months and it's still going to be there. It's going to be festering. It's going to be, that's a city. Yeah. So it may, so we, I've, I've argued with like Michael Mouse, for instance, about overpopulation and climate change. I think it's a problem. And then ultimately come to the agreement. Well, population density in cities is a problem. Sure. Agreed. These cities are bad. What do we do to get people to stop being in cities? I mean, for one, the cities are struggling to maintain themselves, mm-hmm. but also when all of these humans, when you get like 10 million humans in one area, I'll take in a dump at the same time. That goes into one place. The rain and the water can't wash it away. Mm-hmm. You spread those people out over a few hundred square miles, and now the rain can deal with that, and the earth can you know rebalance everything. Yeah. What I don't get is I'm looking at the World Economic Forum website. We well weform.org. I think that's it. But the world, the world's mega cities. They want to build mega cities by 2030. Of course they do. I don't understand this logic because if they're if they're centralized, dangerous, starvation. Uh, vulnerabilities. Why would they try and make more you, of it? You just explained it. 
Like they want to control people's These food. These are not good people, bro. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're thinking under the – see, this is the problem that normal, decent, kind, and compassionate people have is they it's, – it's really hard to understand someone like willfully doing something that is – Hmm. cruel or harmful to others you you can't get your head around it because you're always trying to think well they must mean well and there are people who don't there are, there, there are people who don't right there are people who do not care about human beings and do not care about humanity and they're not good people so you can't view them through this lens of them wanting to help you or do I'll, I'll give positive. you I'll give you a good example adam kinzinger okay i think he's the perfect example of he doesn't care about people. Who's who's that? I'm not sure I'm familiar. He's a Republican on the January 6th committee. Okay. And he's going off and off about Trump and how the Republicans are bad and all that stuff. But this guy's not running for re-election. All he's doing is setting fire to the house as he leaves. Mm. He could say, look, clearly this is not for me. Clearly what's happening in this country is a problem. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm out. I'm leaving right now. Instead, mm. he says, I'm not going to run for re-election, but I am going to inflame tensions to the most extreme degree possible, starting fires before I go. Yeah. There's no reason to do that. It's a real thing. I mean, dude, you see this on a small scale on social media every day, right? There are people on there. Fortunately, you know, they don't have like giant followings or a lot of influence and power, but they're purely, they're, they're purely destructive, right? It's purely destructive and malicious energy. There's nothing positive that they're doing they're literally just there trying to hurt people trying to bully people trying to attack people and they're doing it day in day out right now you take someone with that type of psychology and you actually put them in a position of power and influence like what are they going to do again we we've we've seen this in history um and there are people like that who exist it's a very very tiny minute fragment of the population but there are eight billion people in this world perhaps so there are millions and millions of uh yeah. Trolls. Per, perhaps it's an emergent Trolls phenomenon. Us, yeah. You where think troll will ever become taboo an, to say on, online? <laughs> right. Perhaps it's an emergent phenomenon that when meritocratic individuals create a safe and secure society, it protects individuals who normally would not survive. Those yes. people who can't survive, who use words like adulting mm-hmm. because they can't live on their own without someone like better adulting. Okay. Like, well, you might have to fight a bear for food one day or something. These people can't survive. You end up with a large portion of anti-meritocratic individuals Mm -hmm. who don't make systems work. They vote against the interests of those who do. Mm -hmm. And the system flips over. The boat collapses. The strong, of course, climb up, learn to swim and survive. And all of those weak people get gulagged or whatever. It's the adaptable. It's the ones that get capsized and figure out how to get to shore to rebuild society again that are the ones that survive it. And the strongest may just go down because they don't think quick enough. They're so used to their own system that they've created and they're very good at it that when the system capsizes they don't understand right but that's that's basically what it means it doesn't mean a guy who can lift 50 pounds it literally means those who are capable intelligent and understand are likely to perceive threats plan ahead effectively and survive Mm -hmm. it's a darwin quote it's not the strongest of the species that will survive but the ones that are most adaptable to change right so basically I, i that's the general concept yeah when when a crisis is happening, who's most adaptable to change? Well, first and foremost, the people paying attention who are watching it come. Mm-hmm. And they so aren't connected to any one ideology. Let's say there's a bunch of people in a tribe on an island, and half of them have been noticing something weird happening on the shoreline. They're paying attention, and the other people are like, we don't care. We don't care. Nothing's going to happen. Well, the people who who are who noticed the change are the ones who are more adaptable. Mm-hmm. And then they go, we're going to go climb that hill real quick. And then the tsunami comes, and everyone else gets wiped away. Yeah. People that are like, God will save me. Like, get that out of your mind right now. You save yourself. Perhaps. 
I mean, I disagree with that framing of it. No one, at least I hope, no one thinks that, like, I don't know, if they're on the street and they get mugged, that Jesus is going to come save them from getting mugged. Yeah. I, I don't think they think that. That's they're the, talking about their spiritual You can't just lives, duck and cover on this one, Not their physical. I, I know it's it's comforting to think that there's a being that's protecting you, but it's not. you got to protect yourself in this harsh reality. I, I mean, they're talking about spiritual protection, means, right? not... Like famine won't happen because Jesus will like save us I, from famine. If I like pray that's enough, not. It's not going to not happen. I can't. I don't. No think one I, thinks I don't, that. No one, no one thinks like that. <laughs> I hope. I hope so. No one it's the that. harsh ideology. That's, that's the identity. So no, suffering uh, is like the cornerstone of like the Christian faith. Yeah. So Buddhism too. Some no people. One, some people certainly believe it. There are people who believe that God is a man in the clouds, like sitting there watching everybody. That's just one ideology. Don't think the government's going to save you. Don't think God's going to save you. Don't think your neighbor's going to save you. Like you have to protect yourself and your interests. What's the saying? God helps those who help themselves. Yeah, it's true. There's another saying: uh, chance favors the prepared. Mm -hmm. You can call it any way you want it. If you are not doing what you have to do to be prepared for what might be happening. Well, then, like, what's going to happen? Like, I, I think, ha look, having, ha I think, to, you know, s options are always good. And I think that something that people should really know by now is to just, just have options, right? Have options in terms of places you can live, ways you can earn money, things you can do. Don't be so, I, I don't know, like, may maybe because of how I've grown up and the fact that I travel so much, I've got, I know I have a different view than most people, but I think that we were talking about the big cities and I think that something that really happens, of course, is just inertia, right? Like it's hard to, if you're used to a place, especially if you've grown up somewhere and you live there and your friends and families are there and it's what you know, it's hard to up and move. I understand that it can be difficult emotionally. It can be fina financially. You might have a job or a career like there. It's, I'm not saying that it's just super duper easy for everybody. But I think that seeing where just the level of uncertainty in so much of this stuff, it is wise to just bear that in mind and, and take take steps. Don't just sit there and say, oh, you know, the, the end is coming. The end is it's, it's like, OK, take take some steps. If you haven't already been doing it over the past few years, take some steps so that if stuff does hit the fan or you are getting very uncomfortable or whatever it is you've you've got options having options is always wise uh, let me let me pull up this story from fox 4 new proposal would give id cards to illegal immigrants could be used for air travel <laughs> so i decided to uh research some basic definitions do you know what a country is defined as anybody know what a country is defined as a country yes Ooh. Um, How do you define the word country? I, I can give what I think is a definition. It might not match up exactly. Let's hear it. Um, I would say an area or region with a some degree of juris, jurisdiction over it and board has to have a border who uh, the region has jurisdiction it's like a, a rock monster owns the land that it is yeah. well i would yeah i would say okay a, a a piece of land or a region with a border it's got some geographical and you need one more component capacity and then some type of governance structure people people a country okay. is defined as a nation with set borders okay and a nation is a group of people with a shared history and set of laws. History, culture, or set of laws. Okay. So when you combine that, you have nation and country. They're not the same thing. The United States is a country. Okay. It is a nation with borders. So when we have a wave of mil a million plus illegal immigrants entering the country, 
then you have no country if the borders can't be enforced. So the Latin for country is against or opposite. And then the other part of it from the medieval Latin is against a lying opposite land. So you're literally in opposition to the other land that is close to you. So when you have a million people under the borders and there's nothing being done about it, when you have the government facilitating the trafficking of children, which the Biden administration has been doing in the dead Mm. of night secretly, there's no borders. No. You have no country. Now, about that nation. Yes, a shared history. Well, you don't have a shared history with people coming from other nations entering in violation of your laws. So there's no shared history and there's no shared laws and there's no shared culture. There is no nation. There is no country. Giving ID cards to illegal immigrants that could be used for air travel. This is just creating open citizenship. Why do you think they're doing this? Again, it's this is destroying this strike, the United States. Yeah, exa- exactly. This, destroying to the me, US. this is the controlled demolition again, because it's like, well, why? Why, why would you do that? Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me simplify well. real quick yeah. uh, for you, for everybody at home. Zuby, let's say you have a big um, granary. Let's say you have a big storage facility full of food and your guards open the doors and say, everybody come on in. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but that's where I keep all my stuff. And yeah. they're like, bigot. Yeah. So uh, look, this country is wealthy, but you can't just have an endless flow of people coming in. Even Bernie Sanders said the exact same thing at a rally in 2015. He Mm -hmm. said, you know, heavens, if we open the borders, we'd be flooded by the world's poor. We can't do that. Yeah, back when Bernie cared about the working class, I guess. Mm. I think that people believe uh, that the avalanche only flows one direction. And so they're just getting on board. They're trying to surf the wave. They're Mm. like, nationalism is done. Globalism is now one earthen country. And let's just do it. Not possible. Yeah, (laughs) it doesn't seem... It's going to be abrupt, and a lot of people will get hurt in the process. Like, but like, no, it's just a world government. Duh, people world, will definitely seem to want that. We are going to call it the liberal international economy. By the way, that's L I E for <laughs> like from that. here on out. Yeah, that that I love it. Yes, yeah, the lie. So, um, when you go to Egypt, for instance, yeah, you're, you, Egyptians aren't allowed to gamble or eat pork, mm-hmm. like by government law. Yeah. So how are we supposed to have a one world government when it's like, we're going to get a big shipment of pork in for our bacon. And then a bunch of other countries are like, no, 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 no it, our it tax dollars can't go to that. You're not allowed to do that. There's That's be- essentially what they're trying to do, making entertainment into something global. Yeah, it doesn't work. It there's can't n- there's, fit. You know, what global entertainment. There's not even like- a common language. Like you can't even communicate properly with most people in the world. So. Let me let me let me tell you guys, there's a you ever see the just for laugh gags? No. Oh, I think so. They're like those YouTube videos where there's one where it's really funny. A little girl, she has four buckets. One's, two of them are full, complete with change. Then two of them have a false top with change on top. And so she walks over or she has, she like waves someone over and then she asks them for help carrying. She grabs the fake light buckets. It's like mm. a little girl and she carries them. And the other people try to lift the heavy things full of change. They can't do it. And they're like, like, how is this little girl carrying this? There's no dialogue at all. Just music. This was entertainment made for a global audience. Mm. Not a word being said. Mm-hmm. So when you want to create global entertainment, no dialogue. That's how the trailer for Avatar was. Exactly. The second Avatar movie. All just like B-roll of CGI oceans and aliens and jungles and like ambient music. And I'm like, what am I watching right now? What I, is the yeah. story? There's none. It's just, <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not worried about one world government. <laughs> Low that, IQ. That one's, that one's not going to happen. What I mean, about, no, I think it will happen. Just not You think now. it'll happen? I think it's inevitability. I think it's impossible to avoid. How so? Why do you think that? So technological advancement, the rapid, rapid communications development is going to result in a global shared culture, just not anytime soon. Um, soon as I, I, by soon, I mean like five to 10 years. 
But you give it a couple of generations, especially with uh, if we have air travel, then I think it's possible to have one world government through cultural expansion. But they're also shutting down uh, uh, air travel, but they're also creating metaverse and virtual reality. So already I used to play video games with people in Oceania and China and Japan, like World of Warcraft, for instance. Those people are friends. They have cultural bonds stronger than their next door neighbors. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing that precipitates one world government. That's why I don't, I don't think most people are going to have any remote interest in that. It's, it, it's I think not it's about an extraordinarily whether, hard sell. What is? I, I don't think you're not going to get majority of the world onto VR and the metaverse and all that. I don't think it's I don't think so. I, I think you will. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it'll be the iteration that we're seeing now, but bro, we're already there. You live on Twitter. That's your virtual person. I'm not normal. Like I, you'll get some people. You, we, there's eight billion plus people in this world, and most people live in lives nothing like what. And we've and got. what what did Mark Zuckerberg, Google, and Starlink? What have they been? And Elon Musk? What have they been trying to do over the past ten years? They're trying to connect people in various ways. They're, and do they, they had Project Loon, where okay. they were like, can we get internet to, you know, like the middle of Africa with giant balloons floating in the stratosphere, yep. broadcasting. We've got low orbit satellite technology. They know they need to wire all of these people. That's what I'm saying. Once you get everybody on the internet and there's such luxury that comes with being online, such advantage, mm-hmm. that's what precipitates the expansion. I think you'll get everyone on the internet. I don't think you're going to get everyone running around in, in headsets or sitting there. In well, headsets. that's that's like saying I can't imagine everyone's going to put a vinyl record player in their home or like it's Joe Biden saying. I think I think these are really different. I think they're quite different. When we get to the point where your Neuralink implant is put in at birth and you don't have a say in the matter. Yeah, we'll get there. What makes you – why be so pessimistic in that? I assume you think this is a bad it's not, thing. It's not pessimistic. Do you think, do you think that's a bad thing? Uh, I think it's, an, it's a neutral thing. I think people uh, – yeah, I think it's a relatively neutral thing. I, don't, I think technology is not good or bad. I do, I do, I do think it leans toward the bad because we know corrupt people will exploit all of this for for personal gain, and we could potentially end up in an equilibrium type future where everyone has their emotions and thoughts suppressed, and the and the global leaders live freely and enjoy the perks of being human. Yeah. But but ultimately, look, look what Twitter has done. Look what Facebook and YouTube have become. Mm-hmm. The rapid expansion of social media in only ten years. People are going online and they're already existing with a digital version of themselves. And it's only expanded more and more. Maybe Mark Zuckerberg's, Mark Zuckerberg's legless metaverse is not going mm-hmm. to be the version of Wired that everyone gets into. But already, AOC, for instance, is not representing New York's 14. She's representing progressive Twitter. Sure. She gets money because one person in every city may have a fringe worldview, but together online, they make up a massive, powerful economic block. Mm-hmm. They support someone like AOC, and then she wins. Her ideas are unpopular and wouldn't have won, but because all of the weird fringe far-left people were able to raise money online, so that created something that exists outside of a nation. I saw this back going to, to 2010, and we, we've seen it further. Look at Ukraine. Look at look at warfare over the past 10 years when you have individual actors joining nation states in conflict, when hackers in the United States were aiding in the revolutions in North Africa and the Middle East. Mm-hmm. This is this is global government. When you have US citizens teaming up with a whole, with a with a network of citizens and then going and fighting in Ukraine, this is global government. It is the precursor. It's coming. I don't think so. 
I think we'll, we'll see. We need one. I don't know if we need it, but one language. You'd mentioned earlier we don't, not everybody speaks one language. I thought not English. Close to it. it would be English just because of capitalism and the way corporatism and is, is putting McDonald's all over the place. And people watch Hollywood movies. I thought for sure the whole world will be speaking English. It'll be considered like common no. in D&D. But I don't know if that's the case now. No, um, I'll be Mandarin. We need to get internet to everybody and fresh water to everybody. And then I Why? think... In order Let's for a global government. Take the internet government. away I from see, people. I, see, I, see what and, <laughs> I thought you were saying oh, yeah, yeah. we wanted. We oh. I kind of do because I think the other uh, option is self-destruction. If we don't connect, we're going to destroy. We'll fight unless we're together. You know, is the internet togetherness? It's a form of in unity any way? for sure. Yeah. Like what we're doing right now, there's like 50,000 people watching live or something like that. It's intense unity. No, no, I disagree not, not that everyone, that's a community, though. Yeah, not everyone needs to be unified for for there not to be uh, severe conflict. You can't unify everybody. Like people are just too freaking different. Man. But not, not, not necessarily that... like we all have to do the same thing, but that we all have some sort of common purpose or ideal. I mean, we do as human beings. I mean, I think that's always existed. Um, but past a certain level, um, people people are are too different, and people have such different interests. And you you travel around the world, go to different countries. They're not all. I, I, people I, need conflict. Yeah, yeah. they're not all joining. No, they don't need it's, it's, it's hard enough to conflict. It's hard enough to reunite the USA. They need conflict resolution. It's hard enough to unite the USA, let alone the world. One, one, one proposed hypothesis. I'm not a uh, an evolutionary biologist, psychologist, or anthropo- uh, uh, um, anthropologist. But why is it that Europe adv- advanced more than the Americas? Why did the Native American coffee. populations? Man, Prox- did they proximity. go on nitro when they proximity. inserted coffee right. into their proximity? The the European tribes were Roman were, roads. They were boxed in in a peninsula with with very little uh, room to flee to. So when resources would become strained, they'd kill each other to survive, causing a, a, a tit for tat expansion of technologies in order to survive. In the Americas, it was so vast, the tribes would just leave. So if you look at animals, for instance, badgers, why are they so vicious? They're burrowing animals. They have one dimension. When they're confronted with an attacker at the front of their of their burrow, they can either fight or they can die. So, of course, natural selection predicted that they'd be vicious. Mm. Birds. Why don't birds attack you? Why do they run away? Because they have multiple dimensions. They have three dimensions. They can just go up and leave. Mm-hmm. So they're much less likely to, to, to require conflict, more likely to survive if you escape the battle. In Europe, you had humans nowhere to escape to. It's a peninsula. So in these in certain parts, it's like fight or don't. In the, in the Americas, it's like, yo, I got everywhere else to be. So I'm not going to fight you if I don't have to. When when two different groups of people are fighting next to each other for a long enough period of time, they're constantly one-upping each other. It's it's a, an artificial uh, evolutionary conflict happening technologically. Mm. So if humans today stopped fighting and there was no conflict, what would they do? Play video games all day? Not much, yeah. Watch porn all day? And this is what we're starting to see. Mm. There's no conflict. So what do people do? It's wall-e. Get fat, sit in their lounge chairs and complain and just want free stuff to be pleasured and gratified. That's what happens. Yeah. One thing I've been thinking about a lot recently, especially um, when it comes to children now or the the next generation and so on is, you know, I think everyone understands and realizes that as human beings, as individuals, and even as a wider society, you need conflict and struggle and hardship in order to develop a resilience, right? Develop grit, resilience, a stronger personality, ability to withstand stuff. Um, and I think so many of the problems that we have right now and we're dealing with in the West, as Tim's alluded to already, is just 
just people are weak. People are fragile emotionally. Oh my gosh, you misgendered me. Like, like the whole woke, it's all based in weakness. It's based in victimology, you know, nerf the world instead of making yourself stronger. That's really been the attitude for quite a while now. And I often wonder how is the, if there is a way, maybe the answer is no, but there is there a way to rather without having taking people through this certain grind of hardship? Is there a way to consistently say raise strong minded and even physically strong children without, you know, who aren't just going to grow up to be these, these, these lame snowflakes or whatever you want to call them without having to go through necessarily all the same nonsense that their parents or ancestors did. There's a viral post. It's hilarious where someone, some Antifa person is like, you better believe the right is arming up and training and you better be as equally trained and armed as they are for the coming conflict. And what do you think the left's response was to that? Uh, when we say the left, who, who we... Leftists, who we Antifa, etc. Um, what was their response to someone on the left saying, you need to start training and get ready for a conflict <gasps> with the right? You can't tell me what to do. No. <laughs> no. no. no Some of us aren't Just physically able. capable. Oh. Your tweet is, ab- is ableist. Oh, wow. <laughs> And then they apologize saying, we understand that not everyone is able to physically train and there are other ways to help. (laughs) That was so sad. A lot of them just ended up saying, man, I'm just so depressed. It's fine if it all Was this on Twitter? Yep. One guy was like, yo, I'm depressed. Just use me as a human shield. Oh, wow. What the heck? You know what? I know why they're Uh, depressed too. Jordan Peterson, man. He killed it. He's, he's, he's. Well, the, 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 the depression, he's killing it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's saving young people in general if they mm-hmm. just listen to him. Yo, people are depressed because they have no purpose. Yep. They have no drive, no, 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 no internal conflict, no mm-hmm. responsibility. They're just sitting around, staying at the TV, be like, what for? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you have to, I mean, one thing I know for, for my, myself, right? Cause I'm not even gonna, I'm not sitting here pretending, oh, I came from some rough background or whatever. Like I'm blessed. Like I'm super privileged in many regards, but I, I've had, I've created my own hardship in many ways, right? Like there are ways that, you know, in terms of your, whether it's your career or, I mean, what, what even is going to the gym? Going to the gym is going and artificially create, <laughs> artificially creating resistance, whether to, to build your lung capacity or improve your cardiovascular system or increase your muscles. Like our ancestors would be like, what on earth? <laughs> Or what? what, what's, what's everyone in this room doing? Why don't you just do your farm work or do your work? Right. I, and- I, I was, I was talking about this recently. We had, uh, we, per- we purchased like far- uh, wild caught salmon or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, so people in the U.S. who have money can order fresh fish, mm-hmm. lower to middle class people get garbage farm fish, and then third world poor people eat fresh fish. Yeah. And so the funny thing is like, we have a lake out here. You're allowed to fish, but you got to throw the fish back. Okay. And I was like, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Not, not, I understand we got to throw the fish back. I'm just like, why go fishing for no reason? It's like mm. people like simulating survival. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, that's what it all is. Why are people so drawn to sport? Yeah. Right? Like so many of the things that we do when we find impressive, it's like you're making your life harder than it needs to be. You're, you're creating the artificial um, pressures and, and co- why are so many people now getting into to MMA and combat sports and stuff like that? It's because you need to, you're not going to get it in your day to day life, right. right? You don't need to do anything. I say we do away with war and we replace it, we, we, we replace it with the sporting event. <laughs> Soccer, maybe, I don't know. 
Football. Have the Olympics, Football or so. soccer. Yeah. Yeah, well, that'll be the, whoever wins gets to name it. it, it's, so it's it like, certainly helps. I also, by the way, I think this is part of why why so many people snapped in 2020 because all the usual outlets for 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 energy and and tension and even just the the social, bo- it was just allowed to pile up. Zuby, where is everybody? Where's everybody? Where? So we got a pilot shortage, right? We have like medical worker shortages. Mm-hmm. We've got it. We got they, labor shortages across the board. Then they fire a bunch of people last year. But how how do people just stop working? Where does that food come from? <coughs> um, food is very easy to acquire. But oh oh sorry, you mean if these people they, stop how are, working? How are they paying their rent? Um, oh, they, oh, sorry. Wait. Let, let, let's okay. Let, so let, we have re- a pilot rewind shortage. This, rewind this. Okay. Airlines are shutting down thousands of flights. Okay, I wasn't even aware of that. Yeah, pilot shortage. Is this specifically There's, in the USA or uh, all over? I think it's all over the world. Okay. I mean, it's heavily in the U.S. I follow U.S. news, mm-hmm. but uh, a pilot shortage. And I'm like, where did those pilots go? Did they just stop working? And if they did, how are they paying their bills? Okay. How are they buying food? But it's not just that. You go to fast food <coughs> restaurants, and they got signs in the door saying, like, we're understaffed. I've seen that. Every uh, All over the place. Mm-hmm. We went out on Memorial Day weekend. Not uh, Nobody. I'm like, where, where are the people at? Where'd they all go? Mm. Where are the workers? How is it that people stopped working and didn't start working again? I don't understand. Like uh, you're a pilot, you what are you gonna do? Go be a mailman? Why would you do that? You're a pilot. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not familiar with the pilot thing at all. Well, I just I mean generally speaking. Yeah. How is there a shortage of these jobs? Are they just choosing not to hire them back or something? But where is everybody else? How is the people stopped working and they're not working now? Where's their food coming from? Where? The, where? Where? Their, how are they paying utilities? How are they paying rent or mortgages? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not super familiar with this issue, so I don't. I don't really know what's been happening. I'm here. concerned that there's a black market evolving that people don't know about. And I'm really concerned that people, great, amazing humans that got screwed over by the last two years worth of mandates and whatever running out of money are going to turn to nefarious things to get by, like human trafficking and things like that. I, man, I, I'd, I'd be cautious of predicting something that dark. Yeah, I just want to get it on the table now. Yeah. So in 10 years, you guys remember I said it first. I, to put nothing past anyone in desperate times. I made the joke to uh, Seamus that the rapture happened. And then he was like, well, certainly it couldn't have, you know, because he's devout Catholic. Yeah. So it's like, hey, wait a minute. You know, what are you saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, man, look, we I mean, obviously, I see people out doing stuff. We mm. went and played pool the other day and had wings. Good fun. A lot of people out there playing pool on a weekend. Yeah. But when you hear about all these labor shortages and when I go to uh, like a like a Chipotle and they're like, we're understaffed, please bear with us. I'm mm-hmm. like, how is it possible that people just aren't working? There, there is a lot of laziness as well. And again, no, in, but, but in, I, inertia. I, I get it. But like, yeah. how do they How get are they getting food? by? But hasn't this always been a question? I mean, there are lots of – there's millions and millions and millions of people who don't work and haven't been working for a long time. And they somehow get – but I don't know if it's just welfare or if it's – I don't even know what all the schemes and stuff like that are. Um, I just work, you know, we just work. But there are millions of people in this country, in any country, who don't work and but, but they're just, alive. Yeah, I, I, don't I suppose. <laughs> I don't know exactly we, have, what they do. Have we expanded the welfare state to such a point that we can have labor shortages and keep giving them money? Maybe. I, I honestly have no idea what the welfare structure looks like here, how much more money is being spent now than was two or three years ago. I have no idea what any of that looks like. So That's, they say that the poor people in the U.S. rival some of the richer people in Europe because our welfare system is incredibly yeah, they, yeah, they like, deep. There's a lot of layers to it. Mm-hmm. 
So I think that might be where they're all going. I think that over the course of the pandemic, they realized, oh, my gosh, I don't really have to work. Yeah. I'm non-essential, right? I can work from home. People have pointed out retirement, but mm-hmm. that doesn't explain fast food restaurants. That doesn't no. explain yogurt shops and burger burger joints. I know retirement is one of the ones for pilots because I did yeah. see something saying that they're not training up enough new pilots. They're raising the age over to, time, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So Just quit. Yeah, Maybe so there aren't, there aren't enough people being incentivized to become pilots to compensate for the older it, ones who are leaving. This is what bothers me. The U.S. government printed all that money in the yeah. last two years and then just started handing it out to people. You're, you're making, you're sending people towards bankruptcy mm-hmm. and then they're going to stop paying their taxes because they can't afford to survive, you fools. And then if they're not, then you're going to have a revolution on your hands. Mm. Like, the, the the USA yeah, is such, maybe, the USA is such a it's it's such a fascinating country because one thing that Americans always always forget is how how young this country is. I always say that the USA is a teenager as far as countries yeah. go, and also it's it's a giant teenager with fifty states. It's an angry are, teenager <laughs> with, a big, with, a, with a desert eagle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like there's so many things that are unique about the USA that make it genuinely impossible to properly compare to any other country in the world it's got so many things that are absolutely unique i mean even if someone said oh let's well let's compare it to all of europe it's like that's maybe that's a better comparison than to one country in europe well but it's also it's it's so so different in so abusive father you know king george just beat the (laughs) hell out of him i got this angry rage from our childhood Yeah, we, we we had to emancipate ourselves. Yep. Yeah. We had to run away we, from home. Like mm-hmm. at age 12, it was crazy. Sibling is Kids still up there muskets. acting all wacky and elitist. <laughs> I love it. The, the left has this meme where they're like, the United States, Canada must feel like they've got like a dysfunctional sibling who's you know walking around with guns. And I'm like... Who's the size of a toddler? <laughs> maybe. I kind of think it's like, you know, Canada is the snooty, frail... You know, sibling who is Canada's like, the Aunt Karen. Canada didn't run away from home like America <laughs> yeah. did. No, but we were the children of of you know the crown, and so Canada was like, "Why are you fighting? Just do what Father says." And we were like, "No." Honestly, every time I look at a map or a globe, I'm always like, like I, I look at this the the geographical size of the UK or Great Britain, even which is even smaller, and I'm just like. How, how, <laughs> physics. It's like the size of New this, Jersey. Do, Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton developed physics, so England got the cannons first, and then they could hit long range with their boats, so they yeah. dominated the world. Yeah, they yeah, conquered yeah. India. They yeah, conquered no, I, I steam, know how it happens. I just guns. look at the, the size of the country. It's amazing what technology can do for a small country, like a piece mm-hmm. of tech. That nuclear power is kind of like that nuclear weaponry. Mm-hmm. Like Israel's heavily armed right now. They're, they're massively influential on the world stage. Mm-hmm. Well, we give them money so that they can build weapons. Yes. There you go. The Federal Reserve prints money. I'm British, but I'm assuming the, the British also contribute. Most oh, yeah. Likely. yeah. We put a bunch yeah. of money into uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, Sudan, and um, Sudan, a ton of U.S. dollars goes into. people. There's a map showing you all the spending. And it's funny because you get these like certain countries that get all of the attention, like in the Middle East or Israel. And then you're like, have you taken, taken a look at Central America and Africa, man? Because... We put way more into some of these African countries and these conflicts. Why Sudan? I, it may not be Sudan anymore. This was years ago, but uh, like, I don't. Didn't we just deploy troops to Sudan recently? I believe so. One of those countries. conflicts. Yeah, I, I, it's so Influence. hard. So hard to keep track of even what's. Yeah, I, 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 I totally understand why some people just check out of politics completely and are like, yep, yeah, nope. Oh my gosh! I tried to read a bill. The, the language is intentionally <laughs> obfuscatory. It's 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 so 
boring to read. You yeah. gotta like get into that state of weird. Like, yeah. And thus we have decreed that <laughs> Act One colon section C B three C two four one three. And no, then you're no. like, what in the hell it's are you doing? Instead of writing a bill that says, here's what the bill does, it will say the language of this bill is changed to read in, in section oh 2A3, quote, and will include, end quote, to be in place of section 491, quote, AR15, quote. And you're like, notwithstanding here pull two up four. these other bills and then replace words to understand what your, what your bill does. Mm. And they don't give you the other bill with the bill. That's intentional. And then they slip a little like, and 100,000 troops will be sent to Sudan. But they say it in a little <laughs> weird way and like page 72, subsection mm-hmm. three. And then name the bill something nice that nobody can disagree yeah. with. Yeah. I wish Joe Biden would just come out and just be as overt as Trump was sometimes. <laughs> you know, cause Trump was like, we're going to be selling weapons to Saudi Arabia. It's great. It's going to be great for our economy. <laughs> the, the entirety of the anti-war left was just like, he just, he just said it. He just came out and said it. And they were like, do you guys remember that meme where Trump tweeted something? And this journalist goes, I have been investigating this story for a year. For a year, I've dedicated my career to finding out what was going on this meeting. And he just tweeted it out. <laughs> he, just, he just said it. It's like, all my work. That's Trump. Yeah. That's what, so Biden, I, if, if he came out and he was like, look, listen here, champ, we're going to open the borders. Destroy this country. <laughs> Send your kids overseas to die. That way China wins. Come on. I'd be like, more. yeah, right? I'd be like, all right, well, there it is. I'm yeah. on the table. We're about to hit up some super chats, but I wanted to ask you about your book because we have yeah, not man. talked about it much. This, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a children's book that you just created. What's the What's the plot? Sure. So the plot is, um, so I think it's important to say, so it's a collaboration with Brave Books and they're a company based in... Texas that put out a new children's book every month. They work with a range of different authors and and influencers on this. So I wanted to do one that was a lot of their books are more conservative leaning, more politically charged, but for the uh, for for a young audience. But I wanted to do one that's totally apolitical. Um, I'd written a fitness book before. I'm very passionate about health and fitness and taking care of your body. And oddly, there aren't that many books aimed at the younger demographic on that topic. So I was like, you know what, let me do something that's completely apolitical. Um, childhood obesity is rising everywhere. Adulthood obesity continues to rise and we need to talk about health and fitness and why this is important. So the story is about a group of friends, they're animal characters, and uh, I won't give away the, the complete plot, but um, they're out, they're out in the desert and there is an incident where some pirates come and they they raid them and they're they're not they're not in good enough shape essentially to to chase them off and to to fight them away so they're there they they retreat back and they're just there eating all their candy and like lazing around and then eventually one of them is like look guys we you know that was our bad we need to get in shape and so they go and they train and they they get jacked and then, uh, <laughs> and then the next time the uh, the bad guys come, they manage to chase them away and, and get well. That, that that's basically the full plot, right there. It, it's the plot. <laughs> it's, it's the plot, but it's uh, yeah, Final it's more fun. And, and it, it and I made it all rhyme as a rapper. I had to make oh. sure that my children's book would rhyme. All right, let's go to super chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, and share the show if you really do like it. Post that URL everywhere. Head over to timcast.com. We're gonna have a members only uncensored show going up at about 11 p.m. tonight. We also have The Green Room with Carrie Lake, which is up. So if you're a big fan of her, and we definitely are, you can watch that, as well as Tales from the Inverted World. I believe it's episode four is, is officially up. 
And uh, we're doing a whole lot of stuff. Big announcements to come soon, but let's read some Super Chats. Caleb W. says, sitting in a hospital, awaiting the birth of my second son. Woo. What a great way to celebrate MAGA month with Zuby. Yeah, hey. kids are the best. Here, here. Mr. Slytrip says, do you think every governor, DeSantis included, whom shut down a church for a day, violated the first paragraph of the First Amendment by making a pseudo-law against establishments of religion and or our right to peaceably assemble? Of course, that was a violation of the Constitution. Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't know. What else? All right. Gadsden says, Tim Pool is Ben Shapiro if you gave him a skateboard <laughs> when he was a kid instead of a violin. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was actually given a drum kit when I was like seven. So, I, And then a guitar when I was like 12. So... Maybe, but uh, Ben Shapiro had a really funny joke. I went, when, when we were at the Daily Wire, I was playing Mario Kart with him, and uh, I was destroying <laughs> Michael Knowles. I think it was Knowles, Shapiro, and maybe Matt Walsh. Pretty sure it was Matt Walsh. And we were playing Mario Kart 64, and I just mopped the floor with him. Because I, I, I'm, you know, good at Mario Kart, right? Yeah. So I did the wall jump in, in Wario Stadium, cut the course in half. Michael Knowles was flabbergasted, didn't understand <laughs> how he was in first place. And then I missed the jump a couple of times. And all of a sudden, I just jump and boom, I'm, I'm at the end of the level yeah. in first place. Ben Shapiro was just like, yeah, I spent most of my childhood studying and then going to law school. I wasn't playing video games. And then he was like, he said, he said a funny joke. He was like, ladies and gentlemen, here's Tim Pool. He spent his his, his uh, childhood playing video games and skateboarding while I went to law school. He makes the same amount of money as me. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, That's a good one. I was like, I don't have any funny jokes, but I can beat you with Mario Kart. All right. Raymond G. Maga Stanley Jr. says, I love the Tim Pool Trump quote, the bestest best. Yeah, we were trying to figure out like what to put on the Times Square billboards. And so we had two joke ones. Um, my brother, whose character is Reactor, said the best podcast I, a 25 to 54 year old male, has ever, ever listened to. <laughs> and then mine was it's the best podcast. Everybody agrees. At least that's what I was told. I literally was told that, though. It is true. We, I can't remember who it was that came on the show. A couple people have said like everybody says it's like the best show, man. I think Bannon said that. Something like he did, that. He did, yeah. He thought your yeah. producer was really great, too. He did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have Bannon back now yeah, that they're sure going should. after him. All right. Gray's Fang says, let those of us using PayPal to transfer payment methods without having to cancel. Also, Twitter actively protects and supports pedophilia at Tim Pool. I mean, but it, I'm, I'm, that's a statement of fact. There, there's numerous news stories talking about them doing it. Yeah. I wasn't. I was like, okay, you want to play these games with me, Twitter? I'll call out these news stories. That's mm. what I do. Uh, for those of you that use PayPal on the website, I think most of you don't have to do anything. If you signed up with PayPal uh, for a membership on the website, eventually it'll just automatically process through parallel economy and you don't got to do anything. If you used a PayPal account to do it, then I don't, I don't know for sure. So, um, but I will stress this again to tell your friends, we have been working really hard to get PayPal off the site as our payment processor. And to use parallel economy so we can support new technology from companies that don't hate you or at the very least like you a little bit better than nothing. Right. All right. Let's see. Uh, Azalea Primrose says, is Mary one of the ghosts of the Civil War that followed Shane back oh. to work? I know if a ghost followed me home, I would be speechless by Michael Knowles. Oh, wow. And let's not forget <laughs> about Hong Kong chickens. All right. Very good. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> well, Mary. Uh, I might be. He's not doing a good job of finding me. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking around like, where are the ghosts? <laughs> yeah. Sitting here on the show, apparently. 
All right, let's see. Rommel says, hey, guys, my dog personally wanted to thank y'all for the new camera locations in Chicken City. He said he very much enjoys watching for coyotes, and the new cameras let him clear the perimeter much better. Here's 20 bones. Appreciate it. Great. Yeah, uh, Chicken City has some major improvements. Roberto Jr. is the the superstar. He's up on a 96-foot billboard in Times Square. I'm very, very happy and proud of that. Chance Jones says, Tim, did you see Lauren Southern's recap video of the whole truth? She gave you a pretty good shout-out. I did not see it. I'm glad to hear, though. Uh, Lauren's really cool. I think she's great. And she's going to come hang out soon. That's correct. So super excited. I was wondering. I know people were mentioning she put out a video about, like, the truth about behind the scenes and how fake people were. And I was like, I wonder what she'd say about me. But um, I think Lauren's very legit. All right. Let's see what we got here. More super jets. Ben... Andering says, hey, Tim, I want to help you set up your coffee slash game shop. I sent an email to your info email and sent you a letter in the mail. I want to help fight the culture war. Um, the first thing we're doing is we are uh, trying to find a venue. And that's rather difficult. But um, we've, we've got some there in the West Virginia area. We're looking at one in Martinsburg. We're looking at some in Charlestown. We've got to figure out how we're going to do it. And then, you know, the idea is these, these towns in West Virginia, they have like 30 to 40,000 people and they're very small. But if you build it, they will come. At least that's what I've been told. You are right. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to create spaces and get everyone to want to come out here and get away from the cities. That's the plan, man. Aiden Chavez says, you guys should get Mike Glover from Fieldcraft Survival on. He said he was willing to go on. Love the show and the guests you have on. Zuby rocks. Zuby does indeed rock. We'll take a look at this. Uh, who is it? Uh, Mike, Mike Glover. Glover. I'm familiar. Spencer Herm- uh, Hermanat says, the, mo- the minute TimCast launches a mobile app, I will be ending my YouTube premium subscription and becoming a TimCast member. We're working on it. Yo, it's very difficult and expensive to do all this dev work, but we're working on it. And you know, the thing is like, I know once we have a mobile app, like we get more members, which means more money, which means we can build faster. And we are, we're doing, we're going as fast as we can, I suppose, but we're on it. Maybe you yeah. integrate parallel economy into the app. <clears throat> well, no, it is. It is. So the, the default method of payment on TimCast.com is parallel economy. Mm. That means so signing up at TimCast.com supports a Dan <coughs> Bongino company. It opposes censorship and it supports us for the most – it supports us more than anybody. But you just – you got to get more companies using parallel economy because I would, I would be very happy if one day it was like, PayPal, you still use that? <laughs> no, we use parallel economy. I'd never you heard of it You see what they did to Eric July? I did. PayPal? They've frozen over a million of his dollars. His Ripaverse money. Yeah. 1.3 yep. million. No. Yeah. Whoa. Not all of it because some of it was done, like some people paid directly on his website, but there was like 1.2 million frozen right now yeah. that he doesn't have access Eric, to. you got to get on Parallel Economy. Can, the par- yeah. can somebody- Well, it's parallel- too late now, right? No, it's never too <laughs> no, late. No, it's never too late. It, well, it's too late for the people who paid. Maybe. Their, that, their money's, the, the money's there. being it's just, seized it's, by- It's frozen. No, but I mean, there's no reason to keep using them. Of course. Look, I got to be honest. Parallel economy is new. It took us time to build, like to build the infrastructure around using their service, but it is, it has been really great. I got to be honest. Their website for like tracking is is way better than PayPal. Mm. PayPal is getting by on market dominance and they haven't updated in a long time. At least that's the way it seems. So, Mm. yo, Eric, that's BS, man. We got to hit up Eric, man. Have him back on the show and talk about that. And on pop culture. And on pop culture. We talked about it today, actually. And we need to get the Parallel Economy guys to just mock 10 to getting Eric set up with a better payment system. Paralleleconomy.com. Sign up. You can apply. I'm actually in the process of doing it right now. Wow, that's crazy, man. 
All right. We'll read some more. Maybe we'll come back to that. The pyromaniac says Madison Cawthorn has introduced H.R. 8399. It will partially or fully repeal the NFA. Hey, I love to see it. Um, Madison lost his primary, though, didn't he? I don't know. I think Is that so. What happened? Yeah. So, but um, I'm glad someone's doing it. All right. We got we got too many super chats. We got way too many. Western and Canadian commentary says I get 12 hour suspension twice daily with no noticeable effect. Thank you for all the, for uh, thank you all for all your work. It was Tim Castile that inspired me to move to the country a month ago. We have five veggies growing, and I get to clean up our chicken coop tomorrow. Isn't it so much fun? It is delightful. When uh, Kim, she's our uh, chicken tender, goes out and you watch. <laughs> chicken, sorry, chicken tender made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, the best right? thing was when my when my brother was was running it. His 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 name is Chris Poole, so he was Chris P at Chicken Tender. Chris P. Oh wow, chicken amazing! Tender. Oh, but it's yeah. really I I you know it's so much fun watching Chicken City when Kim goes in because they chase her around because <laughs> she's she got food. Loves them. The chickens are like, she's food's coming! Sister. Like you yeah. have to stand she by her. She is their god. Yeah. <laughs> it's like some kind of giant creature walking around with a bucket full of cheeseburgers, handing them out yep. to people. <laughs> people are like, "Ooh, give me one! Give me one!" That's so weird, right? <laughs> cheeseburgers. All right, AIM T twenty twenty says Elsagate sounds very similar to Momo on YouTube Kids. Momo would threaten kids into turning on the stove and other dangerous things around the house. What? what? That sounds like a horror movie. Wow. Yo, that's crazy. Yeah, that was creepy. John Galt says cat gone. Ian rejoins the conversation. Oh, I had to dig him out from underneath that chair over there. <laughs> when he gets in a little hovel, Which he, he wants to play. Like, oh, and, and he, he, like got, he got he got sharpie, yeah, nails. So I gotta <laughs> lift up the chair and uh. kind of. Whole Coax thing. him out. Michael Mammoth says, Tim, would you host my full-length digital comics behind your paywall? Michael Mammoth for a 25, at Michael Mammoth for a 25-page issue. Let me write that down, because the answer is yes, if your comic is good. I am writing down your name. And um, we talked about it a long time ago. The goal will ultimately be to have, like, everything. I would love to do, like, weekly manga releases or graphic novel releases. You can call it manga. We're not Japanese. But something like that. Because I'm a big fan of Shonen Jump. For like 10 years, I read every Wednesday Naruto scanlations. I wonder if George Alexopoulos would do uh, exclusive behind the paywall stuff. We'll reach out to him. That's George large. Alexopoulos is my favorite artist. He's, He's so great. good. It is the most brilliant stuff ever. We have his paintings up. The, the, probably the best thing I've ever seen was when it, he, he drew the trade towers. Oh, yeah. And it says society so and democracy on it. There's a trucker. That says free speech flying into it. With oh. a clan hood is amazing. That one wasn't the clan hood, but the one where he made the truckers with the giant trucks having clan hoods on them. He was mocking see. the New Yorker or something like that, how they like their style of, of comics. It was just G Prime 85 on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> you got to follow George. He's, a, he's brilliant. He's a genius. So, uh, yes, Michael, we will. I'll, I'll take a look. All right. Michael also said, uh, oh, I'm sorry, that was Michael. Augusto says, Ten to 12,000 years ago, we rebelled against the Anunnaki ETs, and they want to enslave us again. Easier if we're weak and depopulated. Yes. What? I don't think so, but okay. <laughs> huh. They did have flying machines, though. Yeah, didn't they want us to uh, mine gold for them, for their atmosphere, because their atmosphere is uh, elliptical, and so they need to keep the planet warm using gold particles? I see. I have no idea. I read the internet sometimes. <laughs> Dave says, I've never had a Twitter account. Now I want to sign up so I can scream groomer into the void and have the host of bots that make up Twitter ban me. <laughs> yep, that's about right. All right. We'll grab some more Super Jets. What is this? What is this? 
Christopher Marr says, I have an idea. Let's print more money. Well, DeSantis is even doing it, too. He announced he's going to give stimulus to people because of inflation. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's going to work. Okay. This is why you got to vote for Trump, I guess. And we'll see, though. It's an attorney. It's until 2024. But Trump saying he's going to fire everybody. That's that's, you know, that's great. Craig Shirt says we need the Timcast Speak Your Mind tour. Provide a safe place for people to speak. We are planning on, for one, opening up our own venue, which would have smaller local events. We would do like maybe one or two a month, Timcast IRL live Friday night, where it'll be at a venue, but it'll also still be live on, on YouTube and all that. But we're also actually setting up some events. We're looking at like Miami, Nashville, and Austin, I think, to do the plan right now is we are going to do a Friday night IRL live which will be, I, I think, five hours long. So um, excellent, very hard work for all of the TimCast crew. And then the speakers for the event actually just come in and join the podcast and then get up and leave like every hour. So we would have like, I think, four or five guests. We would sit here the whole time. Granted, I think, honestly, I'd be the only one sitting here the entire time because obviously we could have people come in if Lydia needed a break and people have to go to the bathroom and stuff like that. Me, I'm, I would just sit there and, you know, Oh, you got me the whole time. Yeah, I think I'm we were trained for this. The best part, though, is I'm, I'm thinking about how we're going to do the blocking for the table. So, like, everyone will be sitting on one side of the table. It'll be the weirdest thing ever. Uh, maybe levels. Maybe we can have people above, above like, a riser. 40 kinda. chests. Yeah. Or we just do a table that's, like, an octagon. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That could work. Yeah. yeah. And so people can see, you know, this big octagonal or something. Oh, we like could that. do it in the round. You ever do theater in the round where the, the stage is in the middle and then people surround? Problem is you will see some people's backs. Yeah. But you no, see everybody else's fronts. But we'll figure it out. It'll be really, really cool. And then um, we'd have a, you know, Q&A from the audience and stuff would be a whole lot of fun. A whole lot of fun. And if, if we're looking at like, we're looking at cities that have a, a lot of prominent individuals, you know, like Nashville and Austin. It's kind of obvious who we'd reach out to if we did something like that and have them on the show. It'd be really great. Speak Your Mind Tour. We've talked about doing a tour where we actually book in like every major city. The problem is not possible, just completely impossible to run a business while traveling. And so I've had one company say, we will get you a private plane every Friday after your morning show to fly out to the city when the show is ready to go. And I was like, still really hard work, but maybe I just, we don't, we don't have the ability to do that. We have to send a deal with someone I don't want to do. All right. Stefan Buckev says, Drex had a great interview with a furry. Turns out they dress up because the anonymity provided by costumes allows them to do the most heinous and debaucherous acts while dissociating themselves from those acts. Gross. Yeah, see, the thing is, I've actually talked to some furries. And the point is, the most innocent version of it, as I've been told, is it's a personal identity escapism. That you're something else, you're someone else, and you, you have an affinity for the costume or whatever. And then I've heard that, that people do debaucherous things, but I don't, that's, that's, I've been told that's not like the core of it. The core of it is more of an identity thing. Okay. Rel says, Trump stopped funding the World Health Organization by and reinstated funding. CCP connection? Yeah, I certainly think so. Shane Man says, hey, Zuby, being from the UK, what's your favorite band from your homeland? I can name so many great bands from the 60s, 70s from the UK. Interested in hearing what you were raised on. Thanks. Man. Uh, I'm not that much of a band person. I'm more of a hip-hop and rap person. So I don't know if I have a favorite British band, to be totally honest. British band? Yeah, I don't really have an answer. There's tons of them. It's just not really my main genre. What about British hip-hop? British hip-hop? Is that called grime? Grime is a subgenre. 
okay. subgenre of hip hop, really. Um, I like a lot of British rappers. Um, I like Stormzy, JME, Skepta, Getz. Uh, my friend Shaldo is really dope. Um, ooh, who else am I into? Man, there's there's a lot. Those are the ones that come off come to my head right off the top. But I feel like I'm missing out some major ones. But there's a lot of there's a lot of dope British hip hop and grime now. Right on. All right, Evil Empire Cigar Society says I have a cigar show interviewing brand owners in the industry with people like the Daily Wirecast and Crowder that enjoy them. Would you consider doing some content with us? Let's build that content arc. I don't smoke, so perhaps. I don't know what we would do. Cigars are all right. You just puff on them for the taste. Huh. Don't inhale. Jay Everett says, Alex Jones is right. Save Alex Jones. Yeah, I think they're doing jury selection. They announced that today or something. Hopefully. Oh Going to court. Oh, the gut is company. Man. Araftus of Stet says, there is a phrase in my church. The wise man builds his house on the rock. That's right. You need to anchor yourself to something in order to be able to adapt. Mm. Ah, very nice. Very Correct. nice. Chris B says, Ian's anti-Christian rhetoric is becoming very grating. I saw that <laughs> super chat, actually. But the thing was, I'd never mentioned Christianity today. I, I did say at one point, don't think that God is going to save you. But th- if you think that means Christianity, then that's your echo chamber. I don't. I just no, I'm talking think about you, the monolith. I think someone someone mentioned uh, Mary Jesus. mentioned yeah. Christianity Maybe in Mary. response to okay, that, but I'm just well, talking. If we're about- talking about the faith that this country has had up until very recently, it is Christianity. So that's what I assumed you were I'm implying. Just, I'm talking about the world and people having a belief that something external will save them, and I, I, I want to inspire people to save themselves. All right, GLA Fonda says Zuby based brother in arms. The decadent rot in the West has a spiritual component to it. Yes. Is the transhumanist agenda known as the Great Reset, a mass ritual sacrifice to save the earth or to serve a more fiendish master? I look, I, I don't I don't know exactly why certain things are happening. Um that that's that's a huge question, that's a whole <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know. The why the why is a confusing part. But as I said, I think when you're dealing with actual evil when you're dealing with genuine malice if you are a decent non-malicious non-evil person it can be really hard to understand the motive the same goes it's it's why it's so hard on you can't understand serial killers and stuff right Right. like you're you're not meant to be able to understand it because you just don't even operate it was really uh, like like aoc faking being in handcuffs it's freaking weird faking it yeah. Just to manipulate people. Yeah, very weird, isn't it? Yep. And then later she was like, it's because it's the safest thing to do so you don't get charged with resisting. It's like, lady, you're a sitting member of Congress at a sit-in being carried away to a VIP gathering area mm-hmm. where huh. you're going to stand and fist pump with a bunch of other members of Congress. And her friends did the same as well. They exactly. also pretended. I could see, yeah. though, if she was flailing her arms around as she was walking like this, then if someone mimicked her and did it and got hurt. What? Then that would be a problem. Why she might be responsible what, what for Because people guess. are going to watch her and be like, I want to be like her. Flailing her arms around. She's just walking and yeah. Well, her if she was like out, if her arms were out when <laughs> she was under arrest, that might be a problem for someone that wasn't Dude, her. Dude, come on. She is just acting. Yeah, she's she just, acting. just acting. It's malicious evil. It is, it is, it is nihilism and it's pure. It's millennial nihilism too. It's this, you know, nothing matters but power. That's the, David Graeber said it before he passed, said mm. the left has, has embraced the fascistic tenet. There is no truth but power. And that's exactly what they've been following and what they've been pursuing. Back to their roots. The wild animals. Yep. 
And then people who get power just cause everyone to suffer and extract until finally they can't extract anything else. I was, and then, I was thinking a day like a, a government can just take your company, turn it to zero, and seize everything if they want through force. Like, what is there other than force? Not even force. They can literally just – like they, they can just – Dissolve it. Dissolve your filing, yeah. But then if you're like, well, I'm still going to sell my goods, they'll send feds or whatever to the house and be like, no, you're going to come with us. I mean, I guess there is some element of truth to the fact that everything in the world – I mean, one could argue that everything in the world that exists is ultimately at the end point backed up by violence or the threat of it. Right. We got a good one here. Seems like it. Douglas Todd says brain implants will become necessary due to competition. How can someone without the implants compete uh, with those that have them? Exactly. Tattoos. You can have non-invasive graphene tattoos. Imagine not having a cell phone. How would you get a job? They'll be like, you want to work here? Yes. What's your phone number? I don't have one. Well, how do I get in touch with you? Send me a letter. Be like, okay, no, that's not going to happen. It's like, okay, sure. I'll send you a letter. That guy's got a cell phone. I'll text him instead. Okay. I only have a landline phone. I don't have a cell phone. So you can call me. Okay. Well, what if you're, what if there's an emergency and we need to get in touch with you for some reason? Oh, I don't know. Okay, well, if I hired that guy's got a cell phone, and if a key goes missing or something, I can just text him. Yeah, I'm not going to hire the guy without a cell phone. That's Someone's going to have a brain implant, and they're going to be like, oh, if anything happens, just interface with me, and I'll give you all the info. Well, I, go, say, okay. I say tattoo because eventually we'll be having, like, removable tattoos on the back of our neck that can do the same thing the implant can do, so you won't need invasive how is that a stuff. Ta- but how is it a Graphene, tattoo, electromagnetic, or, like, then you just check them out, graphene tattoos. Uh, yeah, it's like a sticker. Yeah. It'd be like a, a, they call it a tattoo, but you can yeah. remove it. The Amish make more and more sense to me, like, every, yeah. passing, every passing week. Yo, they I'm can like, build the quick. <laughs> I used to think they were kind of weird. Now I'm like, they're, they're on to something. I said buttons there. were too far. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, they're onto something there. Yep. Yeah. Here we go. A graphene but, tattoo to continuously monitor your brain waves. It's but people, people don't understand the Amish don't really live completely just like without I, I know oh, it's no, not, I know it's not literally. Internet. I know it's not literally <laughs> nothing. There's like, uh, um, if you go along, the East Coast, there's like a supermarket run by the Amish and there's like ice cream machines and grills like, but they're dressed like, you know, Amish people mm. and they make food and you eat it. I assume there's different degree. There's, there's varying degrees just like they're over there. I, I think we just got to ask someone who's Amish to like, Hey, explain that. Mm. Cause I remember in Chicago as a farmer's market and like an, a truck set like Amish farms pulls up and they're like Amish people driving in the car pulling mm. up to sell their food or whatever. They'll so, do it if it involves making money. Yeah. I think. I think people completely exaggerate a lot of what Amish people do. Mm. But I do think it's, for the most part, probably true. They're chilling, minding their own business. Yeah. Honey Badger says, had a debate with a friend about your civil war theory, and he pointed out states suing another state, IDK, the court working on state courts. And my issue is, what if the feds say we're not getting involved? So the, so the scenario I presented is, uh, Colorado has no restriction on abortion. Texas bans abortion. Mm-hmm. Man and woman have kid or get pregnant. At eight months, the woman says, you know what? I don't want the kid. I'm going to kill it flees to Colorado. The husband says, no, no, she's taken my, my son. He's viable. She's going to kill him. Colorado has no limit. Mm-hmm. Federal government says, we got nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. What happens? People need to stop being demons. Like, stop being demonic. Like, if you're eight months pregnant and you've got a man, like, well, what, like what are you doing? Like, but right, but, stop. But, sure, but like... We shouldn't, we shouldn't be having needing to have these conversations. How, the scenario there is, wicked. does the dad just say, guess you'll kill my kid? Or does he go... Come on, guys, round up the, the gang, and we're getting in the truck and going to save my kid. Um, I think the latter is quite likely. Um, or or what if but, the, Texas then says, we no longer allow interstate commerce with Colorado because of the kidnapping of a, one of our residents for for execution or something? I, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. When you, let's say, like, stop being demons, I think of it as, like, it's impossible to 
to go against the the avalanche. I mean, it's not impossible. It's very hard. So, what do you propose to? I think there's too. I think there's too much blackpilling going on, man. Honestly, I don't think it's. I don't think it's healthy. When did you start working out? When I was 15. Yeah. Um, no, man. I. <laughs> sorry. I feel. I feel like that. There was some. What, what was it you said just before that? Well, how to give people hope? How to get them? Because because tell I, them to I, stop being black. That's different no, than giving yeah. them the white pill. Yeah, of course, man. No, I mean, I, all, all I push is optimism, man. Why do why why do I do what I do online and uh, you know with my books and podcasts and everything? I mean, I I, I think that we need to be careful um, when we're being you know realistic. Like I, I don't. I, I'm not saying. Stick your head in the sand and act like there's nothing wrong. I talk about plenty of things that are wrong in the world and so on. But I think that these things can become self-fulfilling prophecies. I think if you think that, oh, my gosh, like whoever you think are the evil elites or globalists or, you know, people who want to just run things and enslave humanity. I think if the narrative is pushed that this is just inevitable and it's going to happen and it's hopeless and there's nothing you can do do with it about it. I think it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because demoralization is incredibly powerful. I mean, if you if you want to completely crush an enemy, then you demoralize them to the point where they don't even fight because they don't think that they can even or they win. join you or they join you exactly. Let's grab one more super chat from okay. Tech Roo. He says, "Come on, man, furry hate again." Libertarian and conservative furries think you're awesome. We smash the like button and even subscribe with cash money. There are weird- weirdos in every genre. I'll go on the show. <laughs> I mean, no, I agree with that. I've been saying that because we've had a bunch of people who are like, dude. I literally don't care what people do when they're engaging in their own personal, you know, life choices or styles or whatever. I learned this as a lesson when I was a kid. And I, I t- told the story before that when we started skating, it was the cool thing was to wear skin tight jeans. Mm-hmm. The older guys in their 20s wore really big baggy jeans and they made fun of us. Mm-hmm. And we laughed at them for being old and out of touch. Then when I got older, the younger kids started wearing dickies that went down to their ankles like floods. And then all the people that like were my age started making fun of him, being like, look at those idiots wearing flooded pants. And I was like, bro, you're saying exactly what that dude said about you for wearing tight jeans. Yeah. And he was like, well, yeah, I know, but tight jeans are cool and those are dumb. And I'm like, no, dude, you're dumb. <laughs> and then like, I just started wearing regular jeans because I'm like, everybody just do whatever you want, man. That's like, how it just goes. don't hit people, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right, man. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show and head over to timcast.com. We're going to have the uncensored after hours show coming up at about 11 p.m. tonight. You can follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me personally everywhere at Timcast Zuby. Do you have anything to shout out? Yeah, sure. You can follow me at Zuby Music. That is Z U B Y Music. And go to TeamZuby.com if you want to check out my music, merchandise, everything else. And my children's book, The Candy Calamity, is out now with Brave Books. And you can get that at CandyCalamity.com. If you want to see me again, you can find me on Instagram or WeChat at Closer Kitty. And I also demand that you go subscribe to Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube. We go live at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific time, every Monday through Friday. Go check it out. And uh, at TimCast.com soon. It'll be on the homepage. Yes. You guys can follow me at IanCrossland.net. I want to shout out everyone in the chat that's that's got the Zuby, taking the Zuby pill. We got Justin Henry, <laughs> Neo Mix with the Z pill. That's what it's all about, dudes. Um, Thanks for coming, man. Appreciate Thanks for it, making guys. the book too. That's super cool. No doubt. And one special shout out to Tim's big, beautiful rooster that's up in, uh, up in, <laughs> up in, I was going to say Central Park, but maybe we Time can Square. do that at some point. Times Square. Wanted, wanted to just get a 96 foot billboard of my rooster. Roberto Jr., you did good, man. I'm proud of you, buddy. 
Well, speaking of the black pill and the white pill and the Zuby pill, I do have to say that Zuby's Twitter is actually an excellent source of positivity. One of the only ones that I have found to be consistently uplifting on Twitter. So I feel like he's single-handedly making the platform into something good, which is very encouraging to see. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for coming on the show tonight. Thank you guys all for joining us tonight. Yes, go follow Pop Culture Crisis. Uh, Politics is downstream of culture. We know that for sure. You guys can follow me on Twitterminds.com at SourPatchLitz as well as SourPatchLitz.me. We will see all of you at TimCast.com in the Uncensored After Show. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.